is up, lads and lattices, boys and girls, um, gentlemen and gentlewomen, uh-huh. and all of the above. We're back. Yeah. After... 75 months. Um, um, yeah. A 75-month hiatus. Yep. Uh, you may have noticed a new intro before the show. It's pretty awesome. And it's all inspired, and thanks to Zack Snyder. Yeah. Because everything we do is influenced by Zack Snyder. That's not false. And I feel like you need a lot more alcohol in your system. Uh, I have a lot of alcohol in my system currently. It burns us. Yeah. It does burn us. But I will say I have a problem. You know, the first step is admitting you have a, <laughs> you have a problem. And I've had like two gallons of alcohol over the, <laughs> the last two weeks. And that's not a joke. I've had a lot. Yeah, I've unfortunately fallen out of the drinking game. That's that is unfortunate. A large part of me. a large part of it is I'm just too lazy to stop at places when I get when I when I get off work I'm going straight home I don't care. No, you nothing stop else. To drink, bro. My refrigerator is empty. Like I have no groceries. I have nothing. <laughs> I've got cereal in my cupboard. No milk. I don't stop and buy stuff ever. I hate it. I want to go home. <laughs> And until there's a place that orders or that will deliver alcohol, I, I'm I'm not stopping. I hate stopping. So, and then I've been drinking only on the podcast, which we haven't done in yeah, many many moons. Yeah. So, um, no, I come home and plop down on my fat ass and pour some alcohol, yeah. listen to an audiobook, and paint some more hammer shit. Yeah. That's been my life for the last month. It'd be a little different if there was at least an alcohol store on the way home. There's not. I got to drive out of mm-hmm. my way to go to the closest one. Yeah. And, that, and I don't that's like unfortunate. it. Yeah. I have two alcohol stores within four miles of yeah. me, so I'm good. And they're opposite sides of your house. So yes. whichever, I can go either way whichever direction you're coming home from, because yeah. you go all over the place for work, whichever mm-hmm. direction you're coming home from, you're passing an alcohol store. I'm covered. Yeah. Covered. I, so I'm saying I have been, I have been, um, completely and, and and just utterly sober for the last couple months, and I hate it. That's <laughs> so miserable. Yeah, you're depressed because you're sober. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I've never been so miserable. No. As as the great Nathaniel Rateliff says, "Son of a bitch, son of a bitch, pour me a pour drink. Me drink, son of a bitch." I gave you a bottle. <laughs> I'm drinking it. <laughs> no, welcome but back to the show. We're excited to be back. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long-ass time. We still have some faithful listeners listen to the old episodes, and I appreciate it. We have abandoned you, yes, but we hope you come back. We're back. You know, we need a spark. You know, everything needs a spark, an ignition, and our ignition kind of died out. Mm-hmm. You know, The Mandalorian Season 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2 ended. Um, the theaters are dead. Everything's dead. There's nothing to talk about. We can talk about speculation and stuff, but that's for the news breakers on YouTube or the people that post pictures of their face with a gasp on it, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, we just talk about shit that's already happened. Yep. And there's nothing that's happened until now. Yeah. Something has happened, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the bell's already been rung. Yes. And it cannot be unrung. It, and it never should be. It's the, oh, it it's the greatest bell of all time. Every bell. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to talk about what we've always said we're going to talk about, and I'm just going to do it quick. Uh, wham, bam, one, two, three, short segment, real quick. We wanted to shout out at the beginning of the show, 
some accounts that do amazing photography on the Instagram. Um, I don't have a lot. I'm not going to spend a ton of time because there's hundreds of accounts I could talk about, but I'll talk about a few super quick. Um, and that's for everyone listening that might be interested in the toy photography game or any kind of artistic endeavor. You should hop on the IG and check these people out. Um, for me personally, I think you should check out Photography. But it goes down like photog, period, graphy. Not mm. sure why, but photog, period, graphy. Photography. On Instagram. Um, he just posted a shot of Loki today that blew my mind. It made me stop and look at it and be like, uh, did you just take a screen grab and like <laughs> throw a plastic face in there? Cause it's that perfect. I know he didn't, not putting him down. Flawless work. That dude does some amazing work. It's inspirational. Um, also, Les Grohl, which is Stefan, um, from the great U- Europe somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that really narrows it down. Yeah. The great Europe somewhere. Yeah, the great Europe. Uh, Stefan in the great Europe. Les Grohl. Great work. A lot of Spider-Man stuff, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Always fine. Um, but I want to shout those two people out. I'm going to keep it short, not go on and on about people. We all know I always end up talking about TJ and Chris and Tom and all those people. No, no, no. I mentioned them, but no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just photography and Les Grohl. Boom. Done. Nice. Done. The end. So, now, without further ado, actually, with further ado, to mention to everyone who may not pay attention, um, I'm trying to break things down in the audio. You know, when you listen to the podcast... <clears throat> You'll be able to click on and listen to whichever segment you choose. There will be multiple segments. I've done it for a while. Try to make it a little more streamlined, especially for something like this that's going to go on for quite some time. Um, So you can choose. You can see a title for what the segment is about. You know us. It's going to be about many things, every segment. But you can get a generalization of what we start the segment about. But you may want to just listen to the whole damn cast because who knows what the hell the segment will end being about. Anyway, there's segments. The first segment there, you know, toy photography shout out, super short, you know, welcome back and all that shit. Um, going forward, I'll try to break it down into segments, but I can't guarantee anything. Because at the end of the day, this is an unscripted podcast. There's nothing professional about us. We ramble. We rant. We drink the end. I like it. And the beginning. (laughs) The beginning. It's the beginning, the middle, and the end. The beginning, the middle, the end, the alpha, and the omega of what is meant to be. All things to all people. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, yeah. Mm. I want to be the first guy. Do it. Be the first. This is how I feel. This is how you feel. I feel like as a whole... All of us need to stop calling Zack Snyder's Justice League Zack Snyder's Justice League. But why? From now on, we need to literally just call it Justice League. Yeah. Because we called it Zack Snyder's Justice League because we had a Justice League that was the quote-unquote Justice League. For we, some of us, yeah. And we, well, I mean, it was the only one we had. So we were petitioning for Zack Snyder's. And we were wanting Zack Snyder's. Now we have Zack Snyder's. And since we have Zack Snyder's, it is the true Justice League, 
and the other one is a thing uh, gone. It's n- no longer existing. It's garbage. It's trash. It's bullshit. It's gone. So it should just be when 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 I talk to you in the future and I'm saying, "Hey, the movie Justice League," you're going to know which one I'm talking about because there's there's only one. There can be only one. There can be only one, and it's sequel. But my point <laughs> is that I don't know. I just feel like. We, we no longer need to call it Zack Snyder's Justice League because it is the Justice League movie. It is it is the the canon Justice League. It's the Justice League movie. Yes. So, which brings us to a perfect intro into what should be a short session <laughs> before we get into the greatness of talking about the past. You know, you you acknowledge the past and then you embrace the future. Um, so I, I do want to quickly acknowledge the past because of the past being so awful. The past being Joss Whedon's Justice League. Ugh. The Justice League. Yeah. There's just a few things I have to get off my chest about this. Um, there's no way around it. It's so bad. And, and you know, I've talked about it being so bad for so long, but the, the gravity of what, of how bad it is, is now fully realized. Like, it's brought into overall picture just how bad the Justice League was. And not only how bad it was, but how many things he cut out and how many things he added in to make it even worse. Yeah, so and- let's say, don't count on it, Joss. Yeah. Don't count on it, Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> Part one. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And not just uh, like a bad movie, like most bad movies, but like, because most bad movies um, have areas where they're bad. Mm-hmm. And Joss Whedon's, and I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll precate by saying that I was one of the guys who was like, it's not that bad of a movie. Yes. It's not. It's not nearly as good as what Zack Snyder's version is going to be, but until we get Zack Snyder's version, I'll watch it. It's not bad. After watching Zack Snyder's version, I was wrong. <laughs> Because Zack Snyder's version, like you just said, really helps to reveal how bad the previous movie was. Because there's stuff in it that I didn't think about until I realized that it's not in the movie anymore. And then I realized that it didn't make sense that it was in the movie. Like, it's, you know, Zack Snyder really helped open the eyes in some of the parts that were just bogus and I didn't realize it. Every part. Like, some was, like I was like, Steppenwolf was the best thing in the movie. He's still, he, you know, at least he's still good. And then I watched Zack Snyder's and, like, well, even Steppenwolf kind of sucked. Yeah. Like... Like, he had some cool dialogue that now I'm realizing didn't make sense. No. Like, you know, it, it didn't cross my mind back then. So, my point is that while most bad movies are bad movies in certain areas, now you can realize that Joss Whedon's is bad across the board. <laughs> like, from beginning to end, there's no saving grace about it. Like, we're talking from soundtrack to um, changing mm. things that didn't need to be changed. Like, it makes no sense why you did change it. And every time you made it, you made it worse. Like, um, like the small thing at the, at the beginning of, towards the beginning of, Ju- uh, Whedon's Justice League, the bank scene, terrible soundtrack, awful soundtrack, very bouncy, very Beetlejuicy. All the Beetlejuice. Yep. And then Wonder Woman th- throws the suitcase up through the glass ceiling and, you know, throws it six miles in the air and it blows up. Mm-hmm. And you see what happens in Zack Snyder's version. That part where she gets rid of the bomb is different. What what was the point of changing that, Joss? Yeah. Like what was the point? What was the point yes. of changing that scene? Unless, Why you did unless that? Unless you're going to make it better, which you didn't do. No. 
So across the board, it's a terrible, terrible movie. And I love all the TikToks of people throwing it in the trash. Oh, it's so good. One, one guy dropped his on the ground and was beating it with a shovel. Like <laughs> so, so many good things. That's one of the things I love about this is like universally people that aren't on the Snyder train. Like I'd live on the Snyder train. I have a whole car to myself. <laughs> like I have a bar in there and I have a cot and I have a waiter. And I live there. But for the people that don't live on a car on the Snyder train, even they can admit this movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Joss Whedon because I want to celebrate the Snyder cut as it is. Yeah. But like you said, the things that he changed that you have to scratch your head and be like, why? why? There's not only that, but there's the, the heart of the movie that he cut out and you have to ask why. You know, we already know he cut out all the minorities. He cut out Ryan Choi as the Adam. Yep. I mean, spoiler alert. Um, if you have not watched oh, Zack yeah. Snyder's Just Justice League, that. Yeah. you know, turn the show off and come back. Come back drunk. It'll be great. Um, or come back sober, yeah. but it won't be as great. It'll probably uh, be shitty. We've all been waiting for this since 2016. This is the we've last waiting, thing man. I want to do is spoil this for you. Yes. So don't, if you don't haven't have watched it, stop listening. Also, question all the decisions you've made up to this point in your life because if you haven't watched it yet, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what Take the, the time and, and watch it. Um, and one of the complaints I have heard people talk about is that it, it is so long. No. Um, like some of the people I talked to at work, like, it's so long because I said something about it being four. He, they can fuck off. He's like, he was going to watch it. Then he realized it was four hours and two minutes and he had to work the next day. And that's what I was telling a couple of guys at work. I said, it is long. But for one, no one complained when Avatar was three hours long. No one complained when Endgame was three hours long. No, no one complains. I'm not going to complain. I love long movies. You know, yes. when I when the I more read the better. When I read that Zack Snyder's the original cut was like over five hours, like that's what we should have got. Yep. I want to see that version. My boner increase. Unlike all those other movies, he splits it up into parts, so you can watch two parts of it, two hours, leave and come back later, and it's not going to feel right wonky. Because it literally goes black screen, this part's over. Yep. Then you can Boom. pause it, go eat, go to bed, whatever, come back and pick up where you left off. Yep. So, 100%. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, so back to the spoiler shit, the minorities that he cut out, the people Absolutely. that he cut out. You have Ryan Choi as the Adam. Yep. Cut out. You have, of all the people... All right, so you're going to do a little Cyborg, which he cut most of Cyborg out of his film. Like, Joss Whedon is a shithole. He cut most of Cyborg out in general. But to cut out the parts of Cyborg that added gravity and, and weight and heart to the character, he cut those out too. So you have the scene where um, Cyborg... You know, it sees an impoverished single mother that made me weep. Yeah. Like, you guys weren't looking at me, and I was trying to hold in my sobs that were making my fat body heave <laughs> against the couch. Like, I was sobbing, and the couch was moving as my body was heaving, well, and I you, was trying to hold why, it in. Why do you think we weren't looking at you? We were doing the same thing. Okay, good. Was, because just, you stared directly at the screen like... <sighs> Yes. Because it's, it's rough. It is, and I'm trying to hold it in, but it's like that is what gives gravity to a film, and he cuts that out. Not only that, but it's what – it's what, and of course, I guess it doesn't matter because the part I'm getting ready to say was also cut out. 
<laughs> but uh, he goes on to say, like Silas tells him, you know, you have you are OP. Yeah. He's like, you have all the power. You, you can, can do, do whatever, whatever you want. want. And I looked at you and said, he's he's literally the easiest character to be a supervillain now. I mean, he. I mean, I never realized the power that – I didn't realize the power that he had because we didn't, didn't tell me the power that he had. <laughs> um, anyway, so he tells me the power that he has. He tells me that, dude, Cyborg can be the greatest hero or the greatest villain of all time. And because I have that in my head now that he can do either, I need to know why he chooses hero. Yes. And those things help. Yep. Seeing him he has a good heart. watch people get hurt and that don't deserve it and seeing him try to help those people and not running around and breaking up bank robberies, you know, or doing the, the what's going to make it in the news, but seeing the little people that are just dealing with everyday bullshit and doing so and helping those people, but doing so from the shadows. Yep. You know, no no S on his chest, no, you know, symbols, lights in the sky, none of that shit. Staying in the shadows, genuinely just helping people. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's powerful because after he helps this single mother with kids that's struggling, he turns around to walk away, and you see normal people look at him and freak out. Yeah. Because his hood's not up. Yep. And they see his cybernetics and his everything and he puts his hood back up and walks away but before that you have this scene where um dr stone sits down with the douche ass principal and she Mm -hmm. tells him my son just has a good heart and then this scene expands upon that and it's like yes he has the ability to be the ultimate villain on earth and he chooses not to because inside he has a yeah, good heart. He's what, a good person. It's – you know, I've always said before that in, in movies I love villains because I don't care how cool the hero is. He, he's only as powerful or as good as the enemy that he overcomes. So if you have this great superhero but he's facing stupid-ass villains, I really couldn't care any less. No. Yeah. And now we have a situation where for the first time that really at on this level – the hero is only as good as the as the villain that he overcomes, and that's him. He's both characters, you know. And it's, it's, himself. it shows how good he is that he has power to do anything. And the only reason he's not doing it is because he's genuinely a good guy, dude. Yeah, I got goosebumps Which just thinking is about it. So cool. Yeah, because he talks about you know you you can launch every nuclear missile in the world without a with in just a thought. He has that power, he but does. he doesn't do it. And it's cool too. Going back to the, his mom, the Doctor Stone. Um, the big, the big thing that was I really like about his character is she's like he has a good heart, and then she looks at the principal. And she's like, "What have you done? Oh. What did you do to help?" Oh. And that's what's cool about his character is like he's grown up seeing people who who are in the position to help, who are in a seat of power or authority to help, and just don't. No. And so here he is doing it. Yeah, and I love it. He's such a cool character. And then Joss Whedon cut him. Yeah, cut all of him. And not only that, he he cut he cut the parts that mattered. Yes, to where that all that we were left with was this generic, this generic, <laughs> cut paste metal guy who's got guns and he's angry at everybody. He's yelling at everybody. That's it. He he. The only contribution he puts in the league in Joss Whedon's version is turmoil. Yeah, you know, going against everybody's decisions the whole time. Yeah, and what's crazy is 
and I shudder to even say this. Yeah, I, did, I didn't want to say it. I was yeah, trying to I'm gonna say it. around it. Um, so because it's not my words, it's Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns and whoever else literally told Ray Fisher mm-hmm. that the heart of the movie or cyborg in general cannot be an angry black man. That's what they said. So they cut all the parts. So out they cut all the important and parts left and added only, the angry parts. They left only an angry black man. Yeah, these are some white fuckers right yeah. here, dude. <laughs> I have my mind is yeah, blown. The, the more I learn about Joss Whedon and and Jeff Johns and, and of shit. all the people that were like, these are terrible, terrible, They're terrible, terrible people. people. They're and terrible we, people. And we talked about this, and, and let's just get it out of the system now, so we can move on and, like you said, celebrate the Snyder Cut without just continuously dr- just. Living in the this is chapter one. Yeah, don't count on it, Josh. Right. He cut, like you said, he cut all the minorities. He, yep. he butchered cyborg's part. He completely removed choice part. He minimalized the women's roles completely. He, he sexualized Wonder Woman. He, yeah, I was going to say the only woman he left in there really is Wonder Woman. He sexualized the shit out of her. Yeah. Um. And I had the one. You know, the problem I had was Superman's lover. His, you know. Fiance, I guess at that point. Yeah. Um, the thirst. Well, I guess he wasn't really fiance. <laughs> he was going to propose to her, but you, you know, he's he's in love with her. Superman, this yes. alien from another world, is in love with Lois Lane. She's in love with him. She's having a conversation. Girl he's yeah, ever met. <laughs> having a conversation with his mother. They, his mother. These are the only two people in the world who will ever love Clark Kent. Yeah. Ever. I laugh in sarcasm. Like they do. You know, and you know, like we see in Justice League. Justice League, or Snyder's cut, they, they, well, qu- air quotations, they talk oh. about how they, um, they are the only people in the world who can understand each other because they're the only ones who felt that way about Clark Kent and not Superman. And Joss Whedon's going to take that, what should be a weighty, super sad moment, his mother and his lover talking to each other, and he makes it into a big joke. Yeah. To where it doesn't even feel... A disgusting joke, it, even. Not, yeah, and... But if you, even if you minus that stupid joke, the thirsty, sure. <laughs> if you if you take that out, the rest of it still is because they don't even look sad. They no. don't like they're talking about Clark Kent's death, and they're yeah. like, "You you really should go back to the Daily Planet." Like, like what are you guys talking about? This should be a sombering moment. This should be a chilling moment. This should make me as an audience member like almost tear up at least at bare minimum almost yep. tear up because it's his the the girl of his dreams he talked in the previous movie movies you are my world he, that's what he said yeah uh he's you know he talks about his world his world his world and then he sacrifices himself by looking at her and the last things he says to her is you are my world and he's willing to kill himself to save her and she begs him not to go and do it but now that he's dead she's going to be like yeah whatever <laughs> like yeah he's dead I'm yeah, real, I'm, damn it! Yeah, like no oh, one, crap. no one All seems, shucks. no one seems emotionally invested no. in Clark Kent. The They're, people no. who should be emotionally invested in yes. Clark Kent. And I will say this: I want to stop and make a hard stand here for everyone, all the people, every people. <laughs> I'm tired of the whole narrative that Will Joss Whedon was put in a tough situation. You know, he had to come in and try to fill in for Zach after leaving, and do his thing. No. 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 You didn't have to erase the entire movie and go that route. Not only that, but you didn't. Okay, so if you want to come in and try to make things your own, there's there's a difference. Okay, there's a difference in creative vision 
and straight up showing yourself as an asshole. And I don't care that the world can hear me say this. Honestly, it's going to be on on yeah, air for all time yeah. because it is what it is. Joss Whedon is a dick. Yeah. There's and there's a difference in you know taking the reins and making something your own and when I get you don't want to just you you're supposed to be a vision, you know a director too and a, a creative storyteller too. So you don't want to just for one, I get it cuz I wouldn't want to come into Zack Snyder's work and then release his exact film and then put my name on it. No. Like cuz no, that's his movie. He did that. Right. So I'm not going to take credit for something he did. So, you know, whatever. But there's a difference in that and being and I could be way off on this, but it seems to me like a bit of a racist. And, oh, he's 100% and, racist. And, and a bit of a sexist. Like it's how is he not like, at this right? point? Like I, and it's, I don't know. They're just words I don't like throwing around because they get thrown around right, a lot. Right, they're powerful words. Yeah. Yes. And, but like the things that you did in this movie and the things that you said in this movie and the things that Ray Fisher and a couple other people have accused you of. That no one seems to and, listen to. Yeah, and have supported – like their stories have supported the other people's stories. You know, they – like. You see the trend. You see the similarities. It's not like one guy's like, oh, yeah, he said this. Right. And another guy's like, oh, oh yeah. And also that reminds me of this one time he told this joke. Like, no, they're telling <laughs> right. these devastatingly horrible stories and about mistreatment and, and being straight rude and straight mean and straight – Everything. Everything bad. you can. Yeah. To people of color and – not of the male gender. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You like we said earlier, every minority in this film, Ryan Choi, the waitress, Cyborg. Oh, I forgot about the waitress even. Yeah, Cyborg, the Wonder Woman. Oh, um, I forget her name. Barry Allen's girl. Oh my goodness, he totally, totally she, she, Iris she's out not, of yeah, film Iris. altogether. She's not even in the movie Gone. at all. Gone. Gone. So if you name a person that is a minority. Not only the minority thing, taking that out of the equation, the people that add the heart to the film, he cut all of them. Not only that, all Sw of them. Swanwick. Yeah, Swanwick, Swanwick wasn't an MM, man. We're going to get to that later yeah. on. But he cut them all. But even, not even as MM, but just as Swanwick. Yes. He's not in Joss no. Whedon's version. And then he takes the normal people, the white ones, and makes them bad people too. Like what you're saying, Martha and Lois sitting down. You're the thirstiest girl. Not he caring ever about their son's death. No. And then he takes he takes the your main character. This is one thing. After watching uh, Snyder's version the second time, I re really started to grate on me. Was Joss Whedon added so much conflict to the league themselves that was unnecessary? No, like this it, was it didn't make supposed sense. to be a movie about bringing Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, and all the characters together. Like we've seen them in their fallen yep. forms, and this movie was about bringing them together. And what does Jaws do? They he all, adds they, more division. They all hate each other for the entire movie, except the, the last the last movie. fifteen minutes. Like you know what? You're right. We need to work together. Yeah. Oh, and also, I want to take this moment too. Treading. Zack Snyder has completely flipped my opinion, <laughs> changed my opinion entirely, and I'm I realize now that just how I should have realized all along. But he changed my opinion on Jason Momoa as Aquaman because I hated Joss Whedon's because I was like – I went the whole time like Aquaman isn't funny. You know, having him sit on the lasso of truth and you're hot <laughs> and I'm too young to die. And, 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 and it's like that was stupid. 
It was. And, th- and then I watched Joss, and then, you know, I watched Aquaman, and I, I do like the Aquaman movie, but I'm, I, well, I love the Aquaman movie. I do. But I'm still a little bit, and Jason Momoa kills it. I don't want to say he doesn't. He kills it. I love, I, like I've said before, I wouldn't have cast him because he doesn't look the part. That would have been my mistake because he's great. Yep. He kills the rule. He plays it so well, and it's awesome, and I love the tone and the, and the direction they went because we've talked before. You don't have to copy-paste from the comics. Um, but anyways, Aquaman, I loved the movie, but again, Aquaman was funnier than I personally liked because it's not his the character that I'm used to reading. And Joss's and version. Then, yeah. Yes. And then you get Zack Snyder's version, and he doesn't tell a single joke. No, not a single. I mean, he, but, the ones but, that he but does, but he's still funny. Yeah, but they make sense. Like when when Flash runs into him and he just angrily looks at him and points, points at, him. at him. I laughed. Yeah, but that seems like something Aquaman would do. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's not gonna. You could you could have just peed on it. <laughs> like, shut up, uh, dude. Yeah, you could have. Yes, you could have just peed on it. But again, that's Joss Whedon. Just and I know the way I said that sounds like I don't like. Him in Aquaman, but no, he's oh, not. Oh, no, we'll get to that. He's not as bad in Aquaman no. as he is in jo- Joss Whedon. Took the character, like you just said, he, the characters he did leave in it, he butchered them. Yeah. You know, he just totally butchered them. The shreds. It, it honestly is a guy coming in to take over in a messy situation, yes. But coming in to take over and you see the true core nature of the person that took over. At the end of the day, I feel like that's what we've seen. In Joss Whedon's version, don't count on it, Joss. We're going to tear you to shreds. He he came in. He took over the film. And we saw the core of him as a person, which is now being brought to light by people from his previous films, mm-hmm. whether it be Buffy or Age of Ultron or whatever. We're seeing that at his core, he is a piece of... Of shit, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. No, like that's powerful to say about a person. Like I value people, life, life is above all the most powerful thing. So to cast down on another life is a powerful thing to do. I can personally say, Joss Whedon is a piece of shit. Now, there is no person in this whole world that. Is that is without or outside the realm of redemption. There's forgiveness. There's changing of your ways. There's all that. But as we stand right now, Joss Whedon is a piece of shit. <laughs> and we have now seen his inner being in what he did with this film. Like we've seen it. All the characters he cut out. All the needless sexual things he added. I mean, I want to jump in real quick on... You have the scene where Barry and Bruce are coming down out of the plane with the awesome uh, rich man car. (laughs) (laughs) And in Joss Whedon's version, they're rolling down on the lift and it pans out and you see Wonder Woman's ass. I don't even remember Before you see them. Like it's kind of zoomed in. Wonder Woman's highlighted in the foreground and in the background is Batman or Bruce. And you don't really see Barry. Mainly the whole emphasis of the scene is Wonder Woman's ass. That's in the Joss version. That's not even in Snyder's version. Like they come down, they talk to Wonder Woman, they talk to Diana, all's well, it's good. It does not take a moment to focus on her back and her ass. Um, You have the scene where instead of saying Wonder Woman is a powerful, strong woman, 
Strong woman. <laughs> strong. Strong. Um, amazing, awesome, perfect, everything. You have Wonder Woman who's saying, I belong to no one. Steppenwolf at another point. Heck yeah. In Joss Whedon's version, she does not say that. Instead, later on in the scene, you have Flash falling on her boobs. Hands on her boobs. Yeah, everything on her boobs. All the boobs. Which, am I correct? And I think I read somewhere that Gal was so... Oh, uh, there was she, a body double. She yeah, was exactly. Not, she, she was so uncomfortable doing yeah. that they had somebody else do it. Yes. Like, so it was it, so bad. Look, I know there's a line between visionary uh, director or, you know, filling your views, your vision... And what the actor wants. But sometimes when the actor is so uncomfortable doing the things you're asking them to do, maybe take a step back and think, maybe, dude, we shouldn't do it. Did you know at one point, this is according to Ray Fisher, which I believe more than anyone on the planet, really. He's been nothing I, but honest I will for say the that, sake of his career. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he is so believable believable because of the fact that his career is actually on the line yes. now and he's still saying these things he said like he's been that, kicked out of the flash movie right they're, they're not doing a cyborg movie right. we don't know what his future is in the dceu i don't know what his future is outside of the dceu he doesn't either he's just being honest right but he's still he's not ba- he's not backing down nope. his career could he could end and he's still gonna say no these things are the truth and that's how you know someone's legit conviction they put their exactly conviction everything's on the line and they're going to tell the truth regardless mm-hmm. and he said that at one point he tried to tell joss whedon you know he tried to as actors should do with directors tried to explain to him why these things certain things didn't work joss whedon told him from his time on avengers that he wouldn't even take notes from robert downey jr so why would he take notes from him? Like Joss Whedon told him, I don't take notes from actors. I wouldn't even take notes from RDJ. Like that, that's well, the ego note, and if, the bullshit if from If you Whedon. did that, Age of Ultron might have been better. Because <laughs> as it stands right now, it's a shitty, shitty, shitty movie. It's a piece of shit, yes. Yes. Age of Ultron is a steaming pile of shit. But anyway, so yeah. that shows you the ego and the disgusting nature of Joss Whedon that – he wouldn't even take notes from RDJ. I love it too because it's always it always it's always those kind of people that to me feel like it's an undeserved ego. Because if I look at your past work, it, none of it's great. Like the you know we talk about the first Avengers movie and it's good. I like I, it. I said I I like it less now that I went back and rewatched it recently and I've got a lot of issues with it, but it's it's good. Age of Ultron's garbage. Awful. I. I need to watch Buffy because I guess a lot of people. I don't want to watch a lot of Buffy. people say Buffy's actually pretty good for what it is, but you have to watch it knowing what it is. Yeah, but knowing that Joss Whedon, but knowing that Joss Whedon did it, I really, can't watch yeah. it. Yeah, because and also knowing Charisma Carpenter has come out and said Joss Whedon was a disgusting piece of shit. It's like how can I watch Buffy knowing that he abused all these people, and everyone felt too afraid because yeah. of his power to say anything? It's like no, it's it's a Kevin Spacey deal. Yeah. It's like everyone's been too afraid to say anything, and now that they it's can, crazy it's like, too. fuck off, man. It's crazy, too, because it's – the power that he has is from people who are just – well, he did Firefly, so he's great. So every time somebody does say something, JJ. those people, nah, he did Firefly, so he's great. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care what movie you did in the past. I don't care if you're James fucking Cameron, who I love. Yeah. If I find out that you mistreated people, if you mistreated Kate Winslet on the set of whatever that movie was – was it Kate Winslet? I love, I love Kate Winslet. Was it, so, yes. was it Kate Winslet in Titanic? Uh, yes. Yes. 
If I found out James Cameron like mistreated her or or, or assaulted her in some way, fuck no, I wouldn't go see Avatar two, dude. We you fucking s- piece of shit. Me and you both have said this. If Zack Snyder was ever found out to have been a nasty bitch yeah. to anyone, we're out on Zack Snyder. Yeah, you know it comes down to basic. I, I can't all st- things aside, like, it comes down to basic human decency. I, I people say, and I get sick of hearing it a little bit to a degree. People, I hear so much. Even I ha- with the conversation with Kevin Spacey, I had this conversation at work the other day about the things that he's been accused of and the things he admitted to and the things he's getting help for. Air <sighs> quotes. And they said, "Well, you need to learn to separate the artist from the art." Like. Yeah, to a degree, but also maybe if Kevin Spacey's making a movie, don't go see it <laughs> right? because he's going to get money for that. Exactly. Am I going to stop watching Unusual Suspects? Probably not. No, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. And he's since I already own it, he's not going to get a dime for me watching it. Right. But if he releases Unusual Suspects too, I'm not going to go to theaters and right. watch it. I'm not going to buy it. Yep. I'm not going to give that guy my money. For what he's admitted to doing. Yeah. Outside of that, even, it's the audacity. I've seen it on Twitter. So there's a picture of Joss Whedon, like, leaning back behind or in front of a mixing stand. Like, he's editing something. Like, a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) And he's got, you know, the button up on and the t-shirt underneath. And the t-shirt underneath says, written upon it, um... This is what a feminist looks like. It's like, <laughs> that picture's been circulating. It's like, no. Is it a real picture you, of him? Oh, it's a real picture, yes. It's because, like, no, it isn't. You're a piece of shit. Okay, for starters, <laughs> that t shirt is ridiculous because it doesn't matter what a feminist looks like. It matters what a feminist acts like. Yes. You piece of shit. Yeah. He's, he's a you could fucker. You could be a poster boy for feminism, but if you're mistreating women and women are accusing you of mistreating them it doesn't matter what you look like yep it it goes it speaks to his ego yeah he thinks he's above everything and now he's been brought down to size and hasn't tweeted since november of 2020 because motherfuckers under the spotlight just saying I'm just saying. I'm saying fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. fuck that guy yeah we're gonna move on who's this just weeding guy he's he a sounds like a real of piece shit. of shit ravi knows what's up Rafi. Rafi. Yeah. From the league. Ravi Gavi. Robbie. Garvio. Roggy. Garvio. Garviel. Gaviel. Whatever. So yeah. Yeah. To sum up the part one. Part one. Fuck Joss Whedon. Don't count on it, Joss. Yeah. You dick. I hope you never work in Hollywood again. I don't think you will. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's not good enough. I hope you go broke. That too? Yeah. So now. To get into part two, now that we fucked off on Joss Whedon, fucked off good and hard. Yeah. Uh, part two. Very poor choice of words. Nah. <laughs> the right choice of words, I think. We can go into part two, three, four, whatever. It doesn't matter. Age of Heroes. Uh, it's very fitting for this film. And now to get into appreciating Zack Snyder's Justice League. Negativity's done. We're done with that. Fuck off. Here we are. We're probably going to cover Age of Heroes, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son, Change Machine, all right here. Parts 2, 3, and 4. Boom. Age of Heroes. Mm. Mm. 
We have to say anything else. We'll just go silent for the next 32 minutes. A moment of silence, 32 minutes for yeah. uh, 32 Age of minutes Heroes. and six seconds for Age of Heroes. Yep. And then we'll just post that whole thing to the episode <laughs> and boom, silence. It's a, it really is like the most fitting title for this movie because like, I don't know, in, in the midst of what superhero movies, movies have become, yeah. what they are now. This is like true. I don't know. It's weird to say because we've had this conversation a thousand times. We'll have it a thousand times more, but it feels so much more real and there's so much more weight to it and there's so much more depth to it. And there's so much more emotion to it. And it feels now granted, no, I'm not saying that Endgame didn't have weight and didn't have depth and didn't have emotion. It had a ton of emotion. But it took them 19 movies to do it. And here we have all these characters with these incredible backstories. We've touched on Cyborg and what he's going through. And then you get, you know, Wonder Woman not being able to return to Themyscira. And you see, you know, she's investigating this, this story and, you know, knowing about the ancient war and all that. And you get Batman and his guilt-ridden, you know, gotta, gotta change what I did. Gotta make everything right. You get Flash and his, you know... Trying to work four jobs so that he can get a degree in criminal whatever, whatever, so that he can get a job and help free his falsely accused father who's rotting in prison for murdering his mother, which he didn't do. You have so much character development, and you see all these characters in the midst of all their own struggles truly become heroes. Yep. And lest we take a moment, moment to appreciate... The Amazons. Oh my gosh. When they're all standing there in the Age of Heroes, as the title explains, and Steppenwolf boom tubes into the sanctuary and all the shit's going down. Gone down for real. Oh, for real. <clears throat> and he talks about defenders and all this shit. You will fail. You will fail. They fear. always fail. And then... Queen Hippolyta, or however you say it, goes, Amazons, show him your fear. And they all slam their shit. And they're like, we have, we have no, no fear. fear. Goosebumps. And a very 300 feeling moment, uh, standing in defiance uh, and against this alien god who has destroyed worlds countless times over. Almost destroyed this one, and you guys know that, and you're still going to look at it and be like, "We have no fear." Well, I mean, I guess not this ancient god. This is Steppenwolf, not Dark Side. But you know why he's here? Yeah, you know he's here for these things so they can try again. No fear. Nope. Gorgeous moment. And they go at him. Mm. Yep, it's so good. And that's how you. That's how you make female characters badass without yep. sexualizing them in any way whatsoever. Yep. We when have no fear. Every single woman on that island is a fucking boss. It's awesome. And not only are they just badass and super cool, but like they're, you know, the, you know, we talked about the conviction they have to do what has to be done. They're all out there willy nilly running to the slaughter to get killed in the defense of this object, yep. in the defense of this world, you know, um, to where the the fight just starts and the one woman already looks at Queen and she's like, you got to get out of here and seal the gates. 
Like you still got th- us, you still got three hundred women in here fighting. They're all still alive. Nope. Close the gates. Seal yep. us in here. Seal us in here. Bury this thing. Yep. Honor us. Honor us. She says. It's so good, yep. man. Then and, you got and this uh, one is cool too because in the previous version she runs to the gate and again this is one of the things that made me realize that it doesn't really make sense in the other one. Um, she's running towards the gate and they blow the hammers and she's not close to the door. So then they have to stop and hold the door. And then she runs and slides under it and the girls get smashed. Literally, you could have just not crushed the things with hammers yet. See, in Snyder's version, she they hit the hammers as she's running and then she gets caught on a parademon. So then they don't have time and they have to hold the doors open. In the previous version, they just hit the hammers while she's still at the other end of the hall. Yep. And then hold the doors open. Like, you could have waited a couple seconds. She would have got there, buddy. Nah, nah. You, you do your thing, guy. But, um, uh, but anyways, the whole, the whole point is that they're, they hit the hammer so they can seal themselves in and she can get out. And then they, after they hit the hammers, they see that, see that she gets stuck and they both instantly just go under the door to hold her open yep. like without hesitation or anything. They're willing to do whatever it takes to and do. Before that, she tells them seal it mm-hmm. because she doesn't think she's going to get held up. And she's running right. towards the exit. And she's like, seal it. And they slam the things. They turn around like, oh, shit. She got held up. the door. Yeah. And then she gets through. All the greatness goes down. She slides for like six miles. It's like playing Call of Duty again. She just slides forever. And it's awesome. It's so it's good. It's so cool. She gets out in the open field. We see a lot of the same shit, except not even close, because Steppenwolf was there in his shining armor, and the, the rays are going off it. You see the purple and the, the yellows, and yep. it's beautiful. Here's something else that's really cool, too. When I first watched this movie for the first time, I had a thought that borderlined on heresy. Heresy. Uh, when I watched this movie for the first time, and got to this part for the first time, so I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know how it was going to end. She takes the box out of that little place and she starts to run and Steppenwolf goes, no, like, crap, don't take my box. In the previous version, he smiles and says, yes, run. So when I watched this one for the first time, I was like, ah, man, I'm kind of disappointed. He's he's not as badass as he was then. You know, he was so cool that he didn't care. He's like, you can run. I'm still going to hunt you down. I'm still going to get the box. But then as this movie plays out um, and we'll get there, but you realize you know, that there are parts of this movie where you realize the reason Steppenwolf does things that he does. And you actually kind of feel for him to a degree. Um, so when he sees her running away from the box, of course, I, like I said, the first time I watched this, I didn't realize this. But when he sees her running away from the box, he's literally like, crap. Like, I, I need that. You know, this is this That's is my the first goal. Yeah. one. Yep. And it's the only one who's calling out to him. Yeah. So he needs it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do think Steppenwolf is fully confident in his abilities, but there's also a, you know, a part where you could have just came in and grabbed and left. Now you can't. And all you see is her running away with it. So at first I was a little like, mm, all right, this is a part where Joss Whedon's version gets a check. Then as the movie plays out and you see Steppenwolf's character develop, you're like, all right, erase, erase that check mark <laughs> and put it back over here in Zack Snyder's column. Yeah, he walks yeah. out. His armor is so cool. You get to see all the rays of different colors bending in it as it, and then you, just the small movements it does, like in the chest. And oh whatnot, yeah! At any given moment, like the armor is alive. So cool. Oh yeah! And then he just jumps out of the thing, like yeah, it flies, and he jumps through it. And then <laughs> I love it too because he jumps up out of it, 
And then she like looks up and he goes, you know, he jumps over. But then the camera it switches over to the girls who are running away on horseback and you see him flying in. So in one jump, he jumped from the water and caught up with them, which is awesome. Like he has the power to leap tall buildings <laughs> in a single bound. In a single bound is so cool. It lands. I love seeing him like shoulder check horses. Oh, like effortless. Not even doesn't need to use his weapon. Just shoulder checks yep. one. Just bumps it straight down. And then I loved. I realized uh, in the trailer we talked about this. How I love the fact that he chops the rope and then swings a horse at another horse. All three. Horses. Yeah, you watch the movie and realize he swings more than one yeah. horse at a time. It's awesome. Super yeah. cool moment. And then after that, he turns and looks forward to the Amazons that are still running mm-hmm. and has like a plethora of arrows hanging yes. out of us. And he just uses that organic armor to yep. tighten up and shred all the arrows. I love it too because I, I love Zack Snyder. And, and moments of this movie already at this point were starting to feel like 300 to me. Like her saying, Amazons. Show him your fear or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, that was a, a great moment. And it felt like Leonidas, you know, Spartans, what is your occupation? Right. All the good stuff. And then when I see him standing there full of, full of arrows, I thought of Leonidas and his shield immediately. And I was like, please tell me he does something to get rid of the arrows like Leonidas does because that would be so cool. Leonidas breaks and then he just, them all. Then he just yeah. flexes. Just, mm, that's and it. the armor just <laughs> chops them all, which is great because – like they're into him, and he just right. he just breaks them. So the tips are still in there or something. I don't know, but he effortlessly doesn't yep. care. Just and such a cool moment. Such moves a cool moves forward to wage war on the Amazons. And I like too that they're not afraid to I don't know show a super powerful alien being who's striving to become a god and take his seat next to the greatest evil the galaxy has ever known. And they're not afraid to show him brutally murder good people. Yep. Like he's hitting these Amazons with his axe and it happens fast. All right. It's fast paced action. But they, you can see the blood splatters and you can see the, the, you know, visceral spray and whatnot. And I mean, you can do those without being over the top violent, but you also can't just have him whacking people with sticks, you know? Right. <laughs> all right. You can't, you can't hype up and movies do this all the time. They hype up how powerful a villain is or how evil a villain is, but then don't really show them being evil. And here you have this guy willy-nilly just murdering Amazons, and they're not afraid to show it, which is great. This movie needed to be rated R. Mm. So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And there's so many things we could encompass within the next few chapters. Age of Heroes, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. We've talked about a lot of things already. But you have Steppenwolf being badass, and we're not doing an overall review on it like a breakdown. Like a scene by scene. So we're encompassing things, talking about what, what we want to talk about. Um, so you have the Age of Heroes, which encompasses all this greatness between Zack Snyder actually fleshing out Steppenwolf and his motivations, Cyborg and his motivations, Wonder Woman, the ties between her and her previous um, tribe or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it with Hippolyta and the Amazons. All of these things, even in direct relation to the Age of Heroes, yep, which is the scene of Darkseid as a baby <laughs> dropping out of a plane, finding out that, oh shit, 
This is the world where the anti-life is. King Daddy. King Daddy. Um, then all the, all the worlds unite against him and we have this awesome battle where Darkseid acts as a freaking Green Lantern. And can we all give an chops, appreciation? Chops his hand off. Yeah. Can we all appreciate David Thewlis? We need to. Moment of silence, moment of appreciation. David Thewlis. Who that is? Dude, Ares. Oh, Lupin. Yeah, yes. Professor Lupin Absolutely. from Harry Potter. Yeah, because that was him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was his bulging biceps right, and washboard abs. Same actor, and they yep. got him back somehow, yep. at least his face. Yep. To it's do so the Ares scenes, man. And just, like, I like the fact because they did so much they did so well with this whole scene of not telling you who people were she's like even the old gods or whatever and you see these two guys and you're like oh, okay and then the one's shooting lightning out of his hands and you're like okay that's that's Zeus yeah but then Ares is standing there before the fight even starts and he pulls out his helmet and like <gasps> and he's oh. and he's like two heads taller yeah. than anyone like, else this is Ares yeah being a good guy which we haven't seen. The only time we've seen him in his Wonder Woman where he's a bad guy. Yeah. And they and they show his fight against all the old gods or whatever. And here he is helping defend Earth. That was a really cool, cool, cool thing. And then you get the lantern. And I love, too, that like Wonder Woman, even in the modern day, she doesn't know any of this stuff. She doesn't know who Green Lantern is. Yeah, she's are. learning it. Yeah. She has no idea who, who the Green Lantern Corps is. So she's like, even... Beings from the stars or whatever came and helped. And then you see the guy in a suit and has an audience like, oh, Green Lanterns. Diana, dummy, they're, they're Green Lanterns, right? But uh, so I, I can't wait to see if the if the movies continue. I can't see what they can't wait to see what they do with that. See mm. the Green Lantern Corps finally coming to Earth. Yeah, but that was one of the things that was so cool. It's like why cut that out of the movie? So I get you're cutting the movie not down. Only, not only cut no, you're, you need to save time. Okay, but then why'd you replace Darkseid with Steppenwolf for the whole thing? Mm. Not only that, but why take the time? To add Superman's mustache lip fiasco to him telling two kids on their cell phone whatever the shit he was telling them at the beginning of the movie. So add that, all that time, whatever, 45 seconds, whatever the hell it was of misery. Felt like an eternity. Yeah. And then cut out something like this. That matters. That is Diana going down and finding out what the hell is going on and what's coming. Well, see, because she doesn't need to go down and find out what's coming because Darkseid's not in the movie. That's true. You know? Cut him out altogether. They already, they already know Steppenwolf's there, so she doesn't need you know? to go down there and find out but anything about it. But they still took the time to show Steppenwolf's invasion <laughs> Yeah, in the Justice League. Yeah. Uh, which, which makes less sense because he invades Earth once several thousand years ago and fails and comes back to try again. Yeah. Several thousand years later. Which then defeats the purpose because I saw some dickhole on Instagram and I'm just going to call it out as a dickhole because I get it. You just don't know what's going on. But you're still a dickhole. Um, so someone complaining about, so dark side just what forgot earth was a thing. Like he was there and he forgot the mother boxes were there. And the mother boxes didn't call out to him and blah, 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 and all this other bullshit. No. No. Watch the fucking movie and pay the 
fuck attention. Yeah, I'm same. upset a little bit. I'm yeah. sorry. I no. apologize. I'm upset. No, because watch the fucking movie. It's the same man. thing. We had this conversation back in 2016 when we didn't even have a podcast. People complaining about Batman vs Superman. You know how how can how can uh, uh what's name how can Lex Luthor operate the ship? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. You don't need to ask those questions. They're answered in the movie. He it shows him use the Kryptonian scalpel to take Zod's, Zod's fingerprints, put them on his own fingers, and activate the ship. Yep. And then once he turns the ship on, she's like, "Hey, do you want to take control?" And he's like, "Yes, I do." And then from then on, he doesn't need any Kryptonian DNA. It's explained in the movie. Same thing here. Literally, when Gal or Gal Gadot, when Gal Gadot's down there talking to Ben Affleck, <laughs> when Wonder Woman's talking to, when Diana's talking to Bruce, I think it's when Diana's talking to Bruce and she's explaining the whole story. But I think it's her who talks about after he left, they were weakened, so they powered down. Yes, you know they they lost a large portion of their power, and of course they did. They killed the three witches. Yep, that were Awakening activating the things. Them. Yeah, yes. So. They're powered down. Not only that, but it, it explains to you, fuckers, that don't want to take the time to pay attention to what the fuck you're watching because we're in this age of watching movies that are an hour and a half long and we get all this exhilaration and this fast-paced shit and no one wants to sit the fuck back and enjoy a movie that's long and mythological. <sighs> Calm. It explains that Superman... Is the reason everything is silent. They are afraid of him. I think I just had a thought, too. Have a thought, man. All right. So, yeah, we know that. Yes. They're not reaching out because they say that in the movie. Yes. They turned it on a year ago when Superman was alive, and they didn't reach out to Steppenwolf. Yes. Or, or because they didn't reach it, out to Dark this Side. world was Bruce not conquerable. Says that. He figures it out in that moment. Yeah. Like, how do you know Superman will beat him? Who told you? How do you know Superman will beat him? The box has told us. Because they came alive and didn't reach out to Steppenwolf. Until Superman until, died and woke them And then before he can up. finish the sentence, Wonder Woman's like, until Superman died. And he's yep. like, until Superman died. So they explain it. But it, it does beg the question, all right, so how come they didn't send out the call in the last 20,000 years or whatever? Boom. I just had this thought. Uh, Man of Steel, there's a crashed, crashed Kryptonian ship in the ice for like 20,000 years. Mm-hmm. What if they, when they activated, they felt the presence of a Kryptonian ship? Right. You know, I mean, I'm reaching here. I don't know the answers, but I know the movie tells you they lose, you know, they've lost a large portion of their power. They're powering down. You know, they can't reach out. They can't cry out. But in my mind, it makes sense that there would be a time where they would kind of reactivate themselves and see what's up. Since a Kryptonian ship, be a little scared because, I mean, they don't have eyes to see. They can't just pick up and walk to the Kryptonian ship and see that they're all dead. And who's to say that all the Kryptonians were dead when it landed here? Right. We don't know. There probably were Kryptonians on the Earth before Superman. We already saw exactly. Bizarro in the exactly. chamber. Oh, and actually, in Man of Steel, because I just watched it, when he walks in and sees the body in the cryo-freezing, mm-hmm. one of those chambers is open. Yeah. One of Some, the cryo- so some, someone so got There's out. been a Kryptonian yeah. on the planet yeah. who, Super in the girl. yellow sun, even before Superman, in the yellow sun of Earth, would be super powerful. Mm-hmm. Powerful enough to defeat Steppenwolf. Even Martian Manhunter's been here for who knows how who long. Who knows how long. So there are protectors here, yeah. you know. Cre- beings in the stars, Green Lantern Corps. Right. After Steppenwolf's been defeated, because the Green Lantern Corps operates like space police. Mm-hmm. Earth is in one of their precincts. So there's Green Lanterns out there watching over Earth. Yeah. Not it's always that. had protectors. 
Not only that, but I love the thing. I saw a meme posted by someone on Instagram. I can't remember who. Um, and it used the Hulk from the Hulk, one of the Hulk, I don't know, any point in the MCU where the Hulk is screaming. <laughs> and it said, um, comic book fans, whenever there's a plot hole in Zack Snyder's films, it shows a screaming Hulk that's mad. And then it shows, it says, comic book fans, whenever there's a plot hole in an MCU film, huh. it shows the Hulk from Endgame where he's all calm and Got glasses, sweater, on. sweater yeah. and everything. It's like, yeah, it's all fine. We'll explain it away. Yep. It's like, no. At the end of the day, these are comic book films and they operate based on a comic book mythos. Yeah. And we have an explanation for some things based on the mythos that comes from the comic books. There are things like mm-hmm. the mother box is powered down. Ooh. And in real Ooh. life, Ooh. you're like, okay, that makes no sense in the comic books. It makes all the fucking sense. Yeah. Cool. Your shit. Also, um, I want to take this second too. a lot of times when it comes to Zack Snyder's, uh, movies, his superhero movies, his DC movies, any, I can't think of a plot hole. A single no. one. Cause every time I do think of one, I can naturally use critical thinking to solve it like we just kind of did and led me to another thought. Cause I legit did have that question to myself. I love this movie, but why didn't it call out in the last couple thousand years before Henry, before Henry Cavill, before <laughs> Clark Kent was on earth, you know? Another thought. This is the thing. Instead of going to Twitter and being like, this doesn't make sense. This movie's trash. I asked myself the question. And I helped answer myself the question. Uh, I can think of at least one good reason they wouldn't call out in the last several thousand years. Uh, who did we just talk about? Helped defeat King Daddy? King Daddy, baby. Who who helped defeat him? Um, Ares. Ares Zeus. and Zeus. And Ares is still a fucking alive. And he didn't die oh, until World War One. Yeah. Fuck yeah, He's dude. still there yep. the whole time. They would wake up and be like, holy shit, that guy helped almost kill Darkseid. Yeah, lest and he's we still say, here. he's the one that delivered the fatal blow yeah. to Darkseid. Axe down. David Thewlis, big right dick through, energy. Yeah. Mm. Gets, he's the only person who breaks skin, who cuts Darkseid. D- oh, yeah. blood everywhere. He almost, you know... Yeah. He, he could have died. Yeah. If they hadn't dragged him out, Ares could have killed him right there. Oh, yeah. And they he wake would've. up in the next – any time in the last thousands of years up until World War One, and see that he's still here. And at, and at that point, I, I can I – can, I'm 100% okay with hitting the believe button because if you run it through this way, a thousand years past, they wake up. Shit, he's still here. A thousand years past, they wake up. Shit, he's still here. A thousand years, they wake up. Shit, he's still here. They're going to stop checking at some point. Not only that, but the mother boxes went silent. Right. The film tells you that. If you want to really dig that deep into why they went silent, fuck off to Arizona. Because it's a fucking comic book film. And fuck you. Because (laughs) honestly, it doesn't matter. They went silent. They powered down. They were defeated. Their seers and mystics and fuck-alls were silent. Chill. They were literally powered down. That's it. They were done. They were like, yep, this planet is not obtainable at this point. This is what's up. 
There's no reason to dig any deeper into it. They never really woke up anyway until Silas turned them on. Right. They didn't wake up at some point and be like, all right, let's check. Well, they woke up when Superman died and his cries cries woke them up. Rang out and woke them up like, oh shit, not only are we awake now, but there's no defenders here. Kryptonian's gone. Yeah. Ares is suddenly gone. Ah, yeah, he was Wonder here Woman last time killed I checked. his ass. Uh, so now the only person here is... Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, you got the likes of Aquaman and Batman, but they don't stand up when it comes to yeah. Darkseid. So, yeah. No. I mean, Steppenwolf kind of, you know, goes toe-to-toe yeah. with him by himself. So, yeah. we. I mean, we have the Age of Heroes and the explanation. Darkseid shows up and doesn't even... Like we talked about Darkseid. He doesn't even have to step out of the boom tube. No, He's he doesn't do shit. Done. He looks at it like, yep, you're all dead. But yeah, we have the Age of Heroes. We have the explanation. We have all these amazing things. Like I said, we're not doing a breakdown. We're not doing a shot by shot. We're trying not to. Yeah, we're trying not to because this is four hours of shot by shot. I know we do that with Mandalorian, but it's 40 minutes. Yeah. So we're stretching to three hours. Yeah, we're trying to encompass things. So you have Chapter 2, Age of Heroes. You have Chapter 3, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. I could talk about it and weep for hours. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing, in my opinion, beloved mother, beloved son, you have Cyborg, Ugh. his awesome mother, his backstory with the football and seeing that how pure he is as a, as a person. And as we've already talked about mm-hmm. him showing his purity of heart, giving the money to the, the waitress and all these things. It's perfection. The fact that any of it he's, was cut out. And he's out. literally, there's a, I love it because the, the comparison, he's literally the kind of guy now, Bruce Wayne uses a piece of dialogue in Batman vs. Superman where he says, um, you write a puff piece about an alien who could burn it all down if he wanted to and there's not a damn thing we could do about it. That's literally Cyborg That's Cyborg. Now. Cyborg can fuck up the entire world. He can kill every single being on Earth and be the only person left. He just chooses not to do it. Yeah. He's he's the moral equivalent of Superman. Yeah, 24-7 he chooses not to do yep. it. Yep, 24-7. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Superman, yes, 24-7 could go ballistic and yeah. cause the nightmare but timeline. Su- but Superman also, after Batman vs. Superman, and of course a lot of the situations are being manipulated during Batman vs. Superman by uh, Lex Luthor. Um, but Superman has that spotlight where he does a th- he does a great thing and people are like, hey, Superman did a great thing. So I think it's a little easier. I think to me it would be a little easier to do those great things when you have people praising you for doing those good things. Even when you do have people that are like, you shouldn't do those or Superman sucks. But you have the other people that are genuinely thankful for what you do. Yeah. And and they let you know they're genuinely thankful for what you do. It's much harder when you're cyborg and you don't have that praise. You don't have that support. You don't have anybody to lean on and you're by yourself and you're in the shadows and you don't like yourself because you're a monster in your own eyes. But so you know inside it. you can do whatever yep. you want. Yeah, and you know inside that nobody's going to accept you, so you could kill them all. Yep. Or you can do the right thing and help the little people without ever, ever expecting any kind of thanks or show of gratitude at all. Yeah. I mean, even the when he gives the girl the money, he blames it on the bank. You know? Right. He you says, want you, a you want a sweepstakes. Yeah. He doesn't say, hey. Courtesy of Cyborg. Courtesy of Cyborg. Boom. Nothing like that. No. Um this powerful it's like, ship, man. It is. So good. It so shows good. an understanding. At the end of the day, it shows an understanding of the characters, of what's going on in the universe that's been built, 
and everything that's being created, it just shows that Zack Snyder understands Mm -hmm. and that Joss Whedon was, I don't know. I don't want to go back to it because I don't know what the fuck all he understands. Not much. He's a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Age of Heroes. Age of Heroes. Beloved Beloved mother, mother, beloved beloved son. son. The whole wreck scene right before the wreck where his mother dies or Cyborg's crying because his dad's a piece of shit. Um, that, that was some good acting, dude. Oh yeah. It's good shit. Then she dies. He's torn to shreds. Silas realizes he's a piece of shit. Starts bringing Cyborg back. We get all these things. Um, and then we get to change machine. And then Silas turns on the mother box. Yeah. He does indeed. Yep. Creates the cyborg that we now know and love. We have all of these events. I mean, there's so oh, much. Oh, crap. I just, just thought about it. All right. Hit me. It, Silas was the one who turned on the mother boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, after the thousand years of them being yeah, dormant. he activated them, yes. Yeah, he activated it. So, yeah, all the shit that I thought of them waking up and seeing the Earth still had defenders is probably not the case. They probably just stayed dormant forever until Silas is the one who activated it. And then upon activating it, they were like, hey, here we are again. Oh, but shit. There's somebody here powerful enough to stop Steppenwolf. Which is Superman. Which is Superman. So we're not going to call out. It was Silas who did it all. Silas was the one who brought them back and activated them. Had nothing to do with... Why they didn't call out in the past or why they didn't know where they were. It's Silas was the one who turned them back on. And they were like, there's nothing we can do now. Holy train, Batman. Holy train. There's nothing we can do now. Welcome to the show. There's a a Kryptonian here. They actually refer to him as the Kryptonian. So they all know about Krypton and how powerful they can be. No Kryptonians here. And then it's a year later that Superman dies. And that's when they're like, ah, now's our chance. Ring up old Steppy. Ring him up. Hey, Steppy, what's up? What's up? Get hey, conquer a world. You want to get the boys together later. and come over? Yeah. Um, that's the thing that I I talk, we've talked about a thousand. I can't stand about critics because so many of the questions they bring up, you can answer on your own if you just pay attention dude, to what's going on. We're getting into critics. Not only are we getting into the critics reviews of Zack Snyder's Justice League hashtag the Snyder Cut hashtag Restore the Snyderverse hashtag Fuck Off all those things. We're going to get into those things because there's some reviews that I'm salivating to talk about because <laughs> they're so bad. But we're going to get into those things yeah. with a guest. A guest? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the grand and glorious Chris is going to come back. And we're going What's to talk, the, the talk whole, about this whole episode. When? Tonight? Uh, no, not tonight. No. Oh. No, no, no. In what the are you future. talking about, dude? No. Hitting me like way out of the left Dude, with it's, this. It's ten ten, and we've been going for two hours. Yeah. Um, no, Chris is not coming on tonight. But he's going to come on in the future to talk about the Snyder Cut. But I want to, and if he listens to this, he'll be um, blessed with the foresight of what I was going to spring upon him. And that is, when he came on the show, I was going to spring reviews on him. And be like, boom, here's this review. Read it for you. Here's what you got. Give me your rebuttal. That's actually that's what we should do. We should yeah. each find two, three reviews. Yeah. And then read them to the other people. And, rebuttal. Uh, and let that person, with, without the person who read it saying yeah. anything, let the person who it's being read to 
talk back in it. That we, was my plan. Because we yes. did that with um, Batman vs Superman, the top mm-hmm. ten reasons it was bad, and we read them to each other and let yep. the other person talk about and why. We it's tore it to shreds. We did. People are fucking stupid. They're fucking dumb. I'm still livid to this day about the sexism, like of the yeah with Wonder pe- Woman. People, what the hell? People being mad that the women in the movie were badass. Yeah. Like, uh, eh? Yeah. But I digress. We're not talking about Batman vs Superman, and we're trying not to. St- Go negative. We're trying yes. to stay positive because this movie's amazing. All good things. All good things. All good things. Um, we were talking about this, the mother boxes being woken uh, by Silas Stone. By Silas Stone. Yep. He did it all. He he knocked over that domino. Yeah, why you did that, Silas? To save his son. That's true. Which is just another thing talking about the beauty of the overall film. Yep. Like if you really watch it and understand it, the meaning is so obvious behind everyone's actions. And even if it brings upon a bad thing like what Silas did – it all makes sense in the end. Yeah. It's glorious. Beautiful. Yes, it is. Um, I, I don't want to get to that yet. So no. <laughs> but to encompass the overall parts two through whatever, I guess five at this point, you have Age of Heroes – Beloved mother, beloved son, change machine. Mm-hmm. And then part five, all the king's horses, which... I love that title too. Oh, dude, it's so good. I mean, especially when you realize what all is talking about. And to take a moment to jump back, I realized where we went with the Aquaman thing and all that. Sure, it's fine. Making a whole movie. There's certain things you have to overcome. I understand it, but Zack Snyder's realistic approach, which is what he has always done. He always taken the mythology of superheroes and been like, if it was a real thing, this yep. is how it would play out. That's what I liked about his whole yeah. overview which, for Atlantis yeah, and those and characters. Step one is to acknowledge that it can never happen. Right. That's, it, this can't happen. It is impossible. Right. This is but a fiction movie. But yes. if it did it would probably happen something like this. Yep. Between Barry not being able to physically run through and grab people because he would tear their arms off, to him gently lowering Iris down, to whatever he does in the Speed Force, not only that, but to the Atlanteans having to you know, create a bubble underwater yep. for them to speak. It's not that they cannot speak underwater, but how are you going to emit the normal human language with water in your lungs. No, yep. that's why Mira trills and those people trill like dolphins and shit. But when they want to speak the English Which language, is also great they it, create the bubble. It takes that ancient joke that King Arthur, or King, yeah, King Arthur Curry, King Aquaman, he can talk to fish. Right. Like it takes that and actually makes it really cool. Because yep. it's not like it's a joke anymore. He's not down there talking to fish, but underwater, that's how they would communicate. Yep. They would communicate with noises and clicks or, or something like that. Cause like, like you said, you can't talk. Try it. You can't. <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah, try, try it. it. Don't, no, don't, don't try take it. my advice there. Don't yes. try it, but you can't. You no. can scream underwater until you can't. And that's yes, all you can do. Until you can't. Yes. And that, that's the same thing with, I mean, not only all of that, but then you have, when Steppenwolf comes down to retrieve the mother box from Atlantis, oh, which we'll jump back to the scene where the parademons drag the Atlanteans out of the ocean. Yes. And Steppenwolf's like, fuck off, have a spider. Yeah. 
and it Which reads is, your mind. It is kind of a bummer because, like, at a certain point, you kind of have to completely decanonize Aquaman. Which I don't want to do because it's still a good movie, but in Aquaman they they show you that Atlanteans can't go on the surface without the suits, right? And here they are dragging these guys on to the shore, and um, they say something on there that breathing air, breathing water, whatever. Oh, Bruce Wayne talks about Aquaman was breathing air when he talked to him, and she's like, "Oh, he must be a half blood then." Like that's how he has the ability. Not every Atlantean's like that. Right. So, but Aquaman has, you know, guys having to have the suits and then, but Batman or Batman versus Superman, Justice League has, you know, guards being ripped out and thrown on the surface or whatever. Which makes so. more sense. In the Batman versus Superman slash Snyder verse timeline, it's that the Atlanteans have, um, reverted back to the oceans. Mm-hmm. Like they've chosen this mm-hmm. solitude. They've chosen what has happened. Yeah. She mentions that when they were still dwelling on land or whatever right like so, they yeah. they chose to recede from the modern era for whatever reason but they have these abilities that allow them Amazons, that's why yeah they have these abilities that allow them to breathe underwater do all this shit um aquaman is just like all of a sudden yeah nope they've been under here because they can't go up top boom that's it that's the yeah. explanation well, i think aquaman kind of tells you that too that they no Aquaman says that their city accident, accidentally yes. fell, yep. and they, they, they rose up too high and, and evolved. Yep. Um, and because of the whatever of their city, they were able to evolve super quickly. Um, Except not enough to breathe air. Yeah, that sounds like devolution. But yes, yeah, I mean, you could breathe air. Now you can't. Sure. Step backwards on the evolutionary table. I think. Yes. But um, whatever. It's a, I mean, it's a good movie. I, I still I like still Aquaman. I still like Aquaman, it's a good movie. but as far as trying to tie it into the Schneider version, yeah, you're not going to be able to watch Justice League and then go straight into Aquaman because yeah. there's going to be – you can, but you're going to have to accept that there's going to be some inconsistencies. You're going to have to push that bleed button yeah. or, or Un- embrace unless, the multiverse. I was going to say unless with – and we don't want to get there yet, whatever – the thing that happens at the end creates an alternate timeline. Oh, yeah. And changes how Atlantis – does things i have thoughts yeah i do too um but yeah i want to get to that shit i'm salivating um but i wanted to jump back to talk about steppenwolf dropping down and taking shit out and grabbing that mother box because the scene where mira pulls the water and the blood out of steppenwolf's Mm -hmm. body um like fist of murdoch hit me up on instagram to tell me that that was straight out of the comics which you would have known yeah me not so much but I think that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, Mira is super fucking cool, yeah. except for played by Amber Heard. Yeah. Um, the powers that she has as a character is so cool. Yeah, that's uh, what sucks. Because Amber like, Heard is hot as shit. Like, right? she's awesome. She's, she's a amazing. perfect Mira. And I understand why Johnny Depp was married to her, but then she's, she's a but wacko. But she's a female Joss Whedon. She's a piece of yeah. shit. She's a wacko. Johnny Depp was a wacko. They came together as a wacko moment, and yeah. it was super wacko. Yeah, right? <laughs> no good. No, no good, mas. No good comes from that. No mas. Um, but, uh... Yeah, uh, it's really easy to like, especially at the beginning of Aquaman, and you, or even in the version of, of the version of Justice that we had first. She does it a little bit. You, she controls water, and you go into it like, okay, it, uh, Mira can control water, but it's not. She controls liquid, all liquids, liquids, right. any any liquid. Oh yeah, yep, every liquid. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have we done? 
The juvenile we've humor kept it returns. Extremely professional. We have. We've been good. We've been good. But all things break. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a facade that can only be held up for so long, and the um, juvenile humor returns. Yep. Uh, no, super cool character. Um, again, like I said, I've talked about this a hundred times. I love the Aquaman character and his whole universe, his whole lore. The comic books are so good. So yeah, that's Mayor, your bitch. Mayor, Mayor's an awesome character. Uh, moving on from there, yeah, the whole Steppenwolf showing up again, uh, taking the mother box, fighting good old Aquaman as he shows up and saves the day, but doesn't really save the day because they lose right. the mother box. It's a really cool scene, really, really well done. Yeah, one of the things I'll say, and not to jump to the end, but overall, um, the Aquaman character was made 50,000 times better by this so film. So much better. It's incredible. So better. Yeah. Because it shows how he is battling with, you know, being told, even more than the Aquaman film, with being told by everyone how he's supposed to be yep. as a king of Atlantis, yep. quote unquote. And then him just being who he is, and they don't fit. Like, the cultural expectation for yeah. him and, and what he is don't fit. Something else that's really, really cool about the way Zack Snyder did it is, like, in Joss Whedon's version, Aquaman is there. Basically, like every other character, he's a character who's there during these events. And that's he's it. just there. That's it. There's no real character development. Here, no. here they even talk about – they talk about King Orm, his half-brother. And it's like, you know, you watch the first one, didn't even dawn on me. Orm's on the throne. Yeah. You know, uh, Patrick Wilson is on the throne at this yep. time. And then Zack Snyder takes the time to, to mention that, to bring it up. And that's a, one of the reasons there's so much conflict going on right now is because he's, you know, pressuring people to start the war at the surface. And then you see the reason the Atlanteans aren't helping because Orm is lying to them and telling them it's not aliens, it's not yep. anything, it's the surface. So and he's, he's, he's keeping it them buried. to do yeah. different things. Yeah. Like I said, so you know, well done. the Atlantean armies were caught up in quashing their rebellions yep. in whatever regions. Yeah. So he, they weren't he, available. He won't send reinforcements to go defend the boxes. No. Yeah. He don't give Box. a shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fleshed out very well. I just wish that the Aquaman film had paid more attention to Zack Snyder's original version, but I get it. I don't think they could because that was in the whole Warner Brothers. Being, That's what I was going to yeah. say. Walter Hamada basically acts that. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but we'll get into that at some point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I wanted to take a moment to jump back and appreciate the whole Atlantean arc. Oh yeah, because it's so fucking good. Uh-huh. From I'm so excited. Yeah, from Will and Foe's gorgeous hair. Yeah, and Mira's gorgeous hair. Yeah. And then Willem's, yeah. Willem's gorgeous self and Mir's gorgeous self and everyone's gorgeous selves and they're all amazing. Yeah, that's another thing. Ugh. Like, you go from seeing Willem Dafoe in a skin tight, like, diving suit for the entirety of that movie to armor. And then you see him in armor and you're like, that actually makes more sense. Yeah. Like, th- this is all- Why would you not put Willem Dafoe in armor? Right. He looks awesome. And then they take the time to explain how Aquaman gets the armor and trident. Oh, Cause yeah. Because he, he brings it to because him. Because Volko does yeah. so. In the last movie, he she's just like, it's your duty now. And he's like, then there's something I'm going to need from you. And the next time you see him, he's in armor. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. And not only that, but the, or, the first time we watched it, like I was emotional, but the scene when Aquaman goes out and it's the notorious scene and we've seen it a thousand times, it made it through both for both versions, but Zach shot it, obviously. Was Aquaman walking out on the pier 
with a bottle of whiskey yeah. and the water coming up. But in Zach's version, when that song plays, like, there is a kingdom. Yep. And he walks out there. And I don't know why. The first viewing, I'm like, all right, that song's okay. No. Then watching the second time, I'm like, so oh, it's cool. perfection. It fits and so And there well. is a king. And then he goes out yep. there in the water and it's like, oh, so good. That because is if king. I remember correctly, the next time you see him after that is when he shows up to help. He's ready, man. It's, that's the moment he's where he's accepted. like, yep. I gotta, I got, I gotta do this. Yeah. He knows what's up. And so they start playing that. There's a king. Cause it's, it's again, it's the domino. It's, this is the moment it's, he's going to step up and help save the world, yep. which is going to lead to him having to confront, like Luke had to confront Darth Vader. Yep. Like Simba had to confront Scar. He's, it's going to lead to that yep. ultimate confrontation with his half brother Orm, and it's such a cool moment. And it's there such- has to be a progression. Yeah, like there's some things that can be left to the imagination, and there's some things that need to be fucking explained. Especially considering if you look at the DCEU at this point, it's Man of Steel, it's BVS, and then we're in uncharted waters with Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. There's no water there before that. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, there's nothing. So you have to explain things. You can't just wash it away. And this entire movie, four hours, whether you think it's too long or not, it's not. Just so you know. Um, it explains those things. It shows you the things you need to see for Aquaman's backstory. Well, it shows is, you the things you need to see for Cyborg, the things you need to see for Flash. This is great, though, because that's what – and I know Justice League is only – you know, chronologically, the third movie. Because, um, I mean, Wonder Woman's part of it, but that happens way before, obviously, Man of Steel. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But that's what Zack Snyder has done up to this point anyway. Because in the entire DCEU, you get Superman. That's it. You Man of Steel. Superman, that's it. And then all these massive, massive, massive things happen. And the next movie, they're like, all right, Batman's in there. Well, you can't just put Batman in there after what happened in the last movie. you got to ex- – oh, boom. He explains. This is where Batman was. This is what happened. This is why Batman's ready to fight Superman. You know, we're finally going to we're going to bring Batman into this universe with Superman and we're going to do so for the first time ever with him ready to kill Superman. Here's why. And the, and they don't just, you know, read it off a piece of paper to you so you can explain it because you're an idiot. They write a story that tells that yep. story of why where was Batman during all this? 20 oh shit. years in Gotham, Alfred. Yep. He was there at Metropolis. He saw all that. Mm. He's the reason I he, bought my Jeep Renegade. Yep. Um, so, and then that kind of kills two birds with one stone. You get to see that's where Bruce Wayne was. That's where Batman was. Then that also answers that's why Batman's pissed yep. at Superman. That's why for the next two years he's been planning on how to kill Superman. He's been wallowing in his grief and his pity and his anger and his Fury and rage and rage 17 more times. All stemming Snyder, from the murder of Robin. Yeah. Oh, exactly. He's uh-huh. been stewing forever. Yep. And Since Zach, he sent a boy wonder to, to do a do man's, man's job. job. So to take – it's just, again, praise to Zack Snyder because he was able to do that in the very second movie and then take that 16 steps past that in Justice League when he had to do it for 17 different characters 
in the third film. And it all made sense. Yep. It all makes sense. Not only does it make sense, but it feels fleshed out enough to where you don't feel like you need more explanation. And not not only does it, this is another thing, not only does it make sense and feels great like you don't need more, you know, it answered the questions that needed answered, but it also, it's written in such a way that it makes me feel like it couldn't have been done any other way. Right. Like, like it doesn't feel like somebody wrote it. It feels like a natural progression. It feels yep. like this is the way things happened and nothing else would have made sense. I love it. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Um, so we've, I mean, we've covered that. Yep. We have covered Aquaman, Cyborg, Batman, all these things, um, Flash even to, a small extent, mm-hmm. besides the cutting out of Iris West, <laughs> the the scenes of Fla- yeah, the scenes of Flash and um, um, Billy Cudrup as his dad Henry, those are so good. It's another thing Ugh. too. Yes, Billy Cudrup. Oh, I always butcher his last name. I feel like I do, but he he's such a good actor. He's incredible, and to put him in the in the. Other Justice League for the little bit that he was was great because he's like, oh, cool, that's Doctor Manhattan, and right, uh, he's still Zack Snyder must love him because he's you know he's in Justice, uh, but then you get to see a lot more of him in this, and like he's so good, he's so good. It's my boy, man. It's my boy, man. He's legit excited. <laughs> he always said, man. I mean, he he feels so real. He does. Yeah, I was going to say too. Uh, another thing I really like um, because at face value. At face value, I'm trying to be really careful because I'm not, I don't mean it the way it's going to sound, but at face value, as far as its overall contribution to the movie, it feels Flash turning, burning his shoes off and running out there to save Iris mm-hmm. adds nothing to the movie. Like overall, yes. Over, over, it doesn't advance the plot. It doesn't do anything. It just advances him as a person. It just, yeah, it just kind of shows that he has these abilities, but it's done in a way that it feels to me like the original plan for Jared Leto's Joker, where he wasn't supposed to add anything. He wasn't supposed to add anything to the plot of Suicide Squad. He was supposed to be there as a prequel to, to what, he would, what he was going to be doing in yeah. the future of the movies. He yep. was going to get his own movie after that. It was it was laying the groundwork, and that's what it feels like here. Like they're already trying to lay the groundwork for Flash and Iris because they're about to fuck some shit up. Oh, yeah. with his next movie. Oh yeah, if it ever comes out. So it feels like it's. At face value, not important to the movie, but it's going to be important to the character. You, th- now yeah. they're not going to have to have that scene in the next movie. Sure. Um, that being said, it doesn't take away from the movie at all. That whole scene is cool. I never questioned it. Right. I never – this isn't necessary because everything that – like I said that Zack Snyder has done in this movie feels natural. It feels like a natural progression. And I love how I love it, it explains his powers. Yeah. Like how he can freely move through – like it's not – just that he's fast, like he says, that feels like an oversimplification. Right. Like it's not just that he's fast. It's that when he uses the speed force, he manipulates time. So that's what causes all the shit to go down. And why Zach felt like he needed armor of some sort because he's manipulating time. And it's less that he can run through and grab, you know, like Iris, just grab her and save her. No, he would tear her limb from limb. Yeah. He's manipulating time. He needs to be gentle with it. I like that. Like that. There's the one thing. I think Scott Snyder said this, the comic book guy. Yep. I think he said, what I don't want to happen is someone to tell a story that doesn't advance 
the character mm-hmm. or that doesn't become controversial with the character. He's like, what I don't want to see is vanilla. Like, I don't want to see you make another Batman that's the same as all the other Batmans. Exactly. He said, We've either, said that a thousand times. Yeah. I love this guy. He said, either be controversial with it and tell something new. I can get beyond that. Like, that's your take on it. Yep. I'm cool with that. Just don't be vanilla. Yep. Do something that advances the character. And that's what I like about Flash. Like, you always have Flash in his standard role as running through time, doing his thing. But this adds a scientific approach almost mm-hmm. to his character's abilities and kind of takes the approach of, well, yeah, if he's manipulating time and things like that, we well, can't just grab a person and save them. He'll destroy them physically. So it explains how those things work. And I personally, I'm, I'm there for it. hundred percent. Absolutely. So yeah. cool. So well done. Oh yeah. And we've oh, said yeah. that before. If you're going to do the exact same thing, that's already been done. Then, then don't bother. Cause I can just watch the thing that's already been done or I can read the thing right. that's already been done. Yeah. Do something new. New. Do something and either different. I'm not going to like it or I I'm going to love it. Yep. Yeah. But at least you took the chance. All right. So that covers parts two, three, four, and five. And finally, last but most definitely not least. Never. Never least. Part six. Um, and seven, but currently, mainly, part six, something, I mean, yeah, something darker. Something darker this way comes? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to encompass in this, but basically, we're going to cover... That zaddy action with Ben Affleck's Batman. <clears throat> what, you mean like him single-handedly wiping out the entire Parademon race? Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> or that, and one of my favorite things from the entire film is when it shows you, you know, you have BVS, which breaks down the Batman character and how he's lost mm-hmm. and how he's lost his way. And this whole thing with the resurrection of Superman... And Batman showing pure faith at this point. Right. Not only because of his guilt, but because of his ultimate faith. But then you have the scene where they're walking onto the carrier to fly away to what is certain death and suicide. Mm -hmm. And Batman realizes this. And he looks at Alfred and is like, faith, Alfred. I have faith. Yep. And then just walks into the thing. And it's done so well and not cringy. Like when in Whedon's version, everything Batman does is cringy. Yeah. Like, I don't not. I don't not. And then, damn, he is big. He is big. And we didn't even cover. There's so many things we haven't even covered. This movie's so long. We're not going to get to everything, but we will eventually in later yeah, shows. We're going to be talking about it for a good long while. Oh, dude, yeah. The next 75 episodes are going to be about this. But just the showing naturally how Batman came from a fallen nature to being reborn and rejuvenated with the death of Superman and his vendetta against him, showing the error of his ways and helping to, you know, reignite what makes Batman Batman. And that is he's not, you know, he doesn't shy from violence or doing what needs to be done. 
but the fact that it's now done with a renewed sense of hope. Like the Batman, yeah. at the end of the day, Batman's always doing what he does for the sake of something. Whether it's for the sake of Gotham or this or that. But now we get to the point where he's back to that. Like in Batman vs. Superman, which I absolutely love it. I yeah, love absolutely. dark, off-the-rails Batman. But in Batman vs. Superman, he's doing what he does for the sake of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boy wonder is dead at the hands of Jared Leto's Joker. He's lost his way. He's doing what he does purely out of vengeance to try and placate his desire for vengeance based on what has happened to him. Like everything's piled up. He's lost it. Kill them all. And this shows that you realize the error of his ways and now he's trying to save the world and atone for his sins. Mm-hmm. Like it's redemption. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to atone for everything that he's done through faith, through Superman, through all this stuff. And Zach plays out so well. He doesn't even need much to do it. Like he doesn't need a ton of time to really play this out. It's real quick, real simple. Between the end of BVS when he's like, men are still good. We fight, we betray one each, one another, we kill, whatever. He's like, but we're so good. We we have to be in all this shit. And then it, it translates over so well to his Justice League film. It's great. Ben Affleck's great. Yep. Huge boner. <laughs> Every boner. Which is great, too, because if everybody would have just shut up and let Zack Snyder do his thing, he said that from the beginning, that I know what everybody wants and expects Superman to be. I know what everybody wants and expects Batman to be. This is my story of how they get to yep. those points, how they get there. Yep. And we see that in Justice League. Like you said, Batman is very much back to, you know, doing the, the right thing. And still, he, he, he'll he do whatever it takes to, like you said, to do what needs to be done or whatever. But he's not just, you know, he's, he no longer has that vengeful spirit, that act of desperation, yep. that, you know, just brutalizing people. Or whatever, he's, you know, trying trying to do the right thing. Yep. And Superman is, you know, the poster boy of doing good. And did uh, we haven't even covered Superman? Machine. Yeah, we haven't covered his resurrection. Dude, here's another thing: Zack Snyder can just do everything. Um, like I said, Zack Snyder's the one who got me turned on for Superman. I've always hated Superman. Me too. Always hated Superman. Yep. Too overpowered, too overpowered, too overpowered. Uh, With no heart. No heart. Watched Man of Steel. That's, no, I was wrong about that. He, this guy's amazing. And then since then, I've read some Superman comics, read, you know, some of the New 52 and whatnot, and uh, some of the Rebirth. And Superman's a really cool character, and I, I want to follow that character now. Because Zack Snyder helped me realize that I was wrong. Superman is a really cool character. Um, and then he did that again. He repeated that again in this movie. Because um, I still hate, I hate, I hate Superman's cold breath. I think it's a stupid power. You can just blow and freeze things. That's bullshit. And you see it in the first Justice League where he... Is this guy still bothering you? Freezes his axe. um, And Wonder Woman comes up and cuts it. And it's awful. And then I started watching this movie, and I'm like, well, at least we're not going to get frost breath, because that's stupid. And then we get and it. And then he shows up and does it, and I'm like, I stand corrected. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Because he does it, like, out the side of his mouth, freezes it, and then he just <laughs> punches the axe and shatters it. And I was like, I'm wrong. Exactly. I'm wrong. Zach is right. This is awesome. Yes. This is 
so, so cool. What's crazy is Zach said we thought about having him just kiss the axe. <laughs> Which would have been so weird. But I feel been, like it might have worked in no, a weird nobody way. Nobody could have pulled it off except for Zach Snyder. Right? He's if, like, we if, thought about having him just kiss the axe, and then it turns to ice and he shatters it. He's like, then Also, we, it was still going to turn to ice. Oh, yeah. If, just kiss it. Boom. Done. I would have been perfectly fine with him just like punching it and it like bends in some weird angle because mm-hmm. it, so it can't be used again, you know, cause he's super powerful. He's stronger than whatever the X is made out of. Yeah. But doing the ice breath thing was actually awesome. But another thing about it too, is I think the facial, you know, the, the use of his face when he does it. <laughs> yeah. Is cause like he just kind of like leans over and just does a side, like, right. Versus, it's not over emphasized. In Justice, in Justice League, his cheeks blow out. And he's, <laughs> I mean, he, is this guy still bothering yeah, you? Yeah, and it looks. I'm ba- gonna it fly looks this bad. building, this apartment building, yeah. full of people down the road. Here's another thing: um, every single person is united. We talked about that. Yes, they're all united in what they have to do. I mean, they 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 debate the pros and cons, the merits or the consequences of bringing Superman back to life, but ultimately, they're all on board for it. Which um, is such a great scene. Yeah, they're all united because... Where Flash because, is like, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. And but, then they and then hologram board, it. Yeah. And, oh. So they're all they're all like, yeah, this is what needs to be done. We're all, you know, the same... You know, whatever has to be done to save the world because this guy's not coming to conquer the world. He's coming to destroy it. Yep. And they all know that they're united. They have to be united. So, yeah, versus what we had before where they're all hating each other. Here they're all united. But then again, in the final battle, he does the opposite of Joss Whedon again, where every single person contributed to the battle in some way. In the other version, Flash did nothing except run through a beetle, a parademon, and get covered in goo. And then... I just push people and run away. And then push the truck away from the fight. Um, And this, he actually, like, contributes. And he's actively necessary... For them to win the day. He's like, one of the best of the best, yeah, Dad. At the end of the day, Aquaman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were there for support. The people who were needed to get the mother box separated, which you can't you can't have done it without Batman and Wonder Woman and sure, Aquaman to, team. to keep everybody occupied. Yep. But who was needed for the mother boxes to be separated was Cyborg and Flash. Yep. And that wasn't even enough, Superman had to help Jump pull them in. apart. Yep. Flash was a super, super important character. It doesn't get done without Yeah, I Flash. can't wait to get to that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. He made, he made every single character feel important. Yeah. And I just want to jump back because we haven't covered it. I want to jump back and cover the overall greatness of Superman's resurrection. Um, for multiple reasons, mainly because we did not get a Superman resurrected saying, tell me, do you bleed while holding Batman up? Which makes no damn sense. Why would you say that? Yes, he bleeds. He's a human being, you bitch. You know that. See, There's no reason to say that. That line of dialogue never bothered me. Oh, it bothered the shit because, out of me. Because here, for me, it was Batman saying it to him in an act of defiance. Do you bleed? You will. Superman saying it back to him now just as an act of... I'm going to kill you right now. Didn't bother me. I was like, all right, that's, I'd, I'd say that to him. I'd remember that. Like, do you bleed? Cause we're about to find out. It, you know, it's not defiant. I'm getting ready to kill you. 
Then I watched this movie and realized it doesn't make sense. Uh, the the line itself still doesn't bother me. But, but it doesn't make sense. What, if you what, remember that, you right. could remember the events. Well, yeah, but he's, he's he's not saying it because he genuinely doesn't know. He's saying it because he's letting Batman know he's getting ready to kill him. In my mind, he's and here there's where I have the problem. When you watch you watch Zach once you watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, you realize Superman coming back from the dead. This is the difference in Joss's and Zack's. Superman coming back from the vet, from the dead. He's not a villain. No. He's genuinely confused. He yes. genuinely has no idea what's going on. He's not going to willy-nilly just murder people. Yet, yes, he does go and laser beam um, Batman. And yes, he's trying to kill him. But he's not like a villainous character where he's got to gloat about it. Right. He's got a, you know, monologue like a villain. Right. He remembers, this guy tried to kill me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm going to kill him. And that's makes more sense than Batman coming back from the dead and wanting to just murder everybody. Like, I don't know. Oh, so, yeah. Something's definitely yeah. bleeding. So after I saw the new one, Ugh. it made me... Because in, in the other one, he literally comes back as like a bad guy. Like with the with the, with the the dialogue and everything, like he's... Oh, he's the bad guy of the film, which was worsened by the fact that he's he's going to show up as a villain now, fighting the Justice League, um, ready to be personal and kill Batman, get revenge, blah, 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 and then he just flies away. And then you don't see him again for, you don't see him again for the rest of the movie, except yep. for, yes, ma'am. And Ugh. then, yeah. And then, showing up to kill, what's his name? I think it just plays better, uh, with him being confused, not knowing what's going on. He doesn't know who Wonder Woman is. He doesn't, he never met Aquaman, I don't think. Um, I know they kind of canonized that Aquaman's the one who saved him in Man of Steel, but I don't know if they actually had like a dialogue at the time. Yeah, they never physically yeah. met, really. He's no idea who Cyborg is. No idea who Flash is. Um, doesn't remember Wonder Woman, but the only thing that registers with him is, this is the guy, this is the guy that tried to kill me. I don't know. And then, obviously, the story actually follows him better after he leaves that scene than the other movie did. Play, yes. plays out plays out much 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 better um mm-hmm. not only all of those things but i want to know like i need to understand why changing any of the scenes where superman and lois go back to the farm and it plays out the way it does. Like, I don't understand the logic behind changing any of that. Like, because it flows so well, I just can't put myself in the mindset. It's like, why change it? Like, even to the point where they land there and he finally speaks to her. And in Zack Snyder's version, she goes, you spoke. Like, she's surprised. She's like, because they flow that entire time and he hasn't talked. In Joss's version, she says, you smell good. Or some stupid shit. Yeah, which shit is bullshit because like he's been dead for a while. And awkward. Yeah. yeah it's and itchy. That's, that's okay. I was going to say because he says that death is itchy. Yeah. It's like, what? huh? Yeah. It, awkward I mean, dialogue. Yeah. None of it makes any sense. Like the way it plays out is perfect and it 
calls back on the previous films. He's like, oh, wait, my mother loved it here. And he looks outside to the swing where in Man of Steel he's swinging yep. while Kevin Cosner, Jonathan Kent, is looking outside at him. He's like, oh, wait, I loved it here too. Yeah. And that's what brings him back to himself. And I, I just don't understand the whole process. Yeah, the point because even when they land there, she's like, well, you came here. And he's like, it feels like home. Like, you know, like he's still trying to piece everything together or whatever. But then you trade that for, and even like the, like the seemingly small things, like when Martha shows up and he runs out to her and he's all excited to see her. And the other version, he has the line where he looks at Lois and is like, you called my mom. Like, I feel like you're not going to stop and ask that. I feel like you're dead. You came back to life and your mother is here who you were super close to. Mm -hmm. You're just going to go see her. Right. You're not going to stop and smile and laugh. And, ah, you called my mom. I don't know. But yeah, the whole thing, the from it being itchy to you smell good itchy. to Ugh. the yes, ma'am. None of it. It all feels cheesy and super awkward and weird. And Joss Whedon should never be allowed to do anything with superheroes ever, <laughs> ever, right. ever. But the biggest thing is just why. Why? Like, if I you're, don't if understand to, why. If you're going to change one, that's fine. But the basic rule needs to be. No, you don't have to improve upon the thing. Your version doesn't have to be better than what you're changing. It just cannot be worse. That's the rule. If you're going to change something and that change makes it worse, don't change it. Period. Right. Yeah, I don't understand why you would change it to begin with. Yep. Yep, that's that's the whole point. Like the, the logic. Like I try to come to a point in my mind where I can I honestly, at least put myself in the place to understand why it was done, and there's no explanation for why I, it was done. Yeah, I honestly, and I've I've toyed with this thought before, and I may have mentioned it on the cast before. I don't remember. Oh, but we probably have. The more, I, yeah, we drink and talk a lot about Snyder and Justice, Justice League and Justice League, but um, the more I think about it, and the more things that come to light, I think Joss Whedon sabotaged the movie. Oh, I agree. I think I, – I don't think he did it alone. I mean I don't know that he did it alone or he just wanted to sabotage the movie or what. But I feel like some level it was done on purpose because even um, the CG thing, like the, the the terrible, terrible, terrible Henry Cavill's lip. Ugh. There's no excuse for CG being that no, bad when we, we just watched Starship Troopers from 1997. <laughs> right. And the CG in that is great. Is good. It stands up today as good CG in 1997. If you watch Terminator 2 from 1991, uh, or um, 90, I don't remember. I don't remember. 90, 91, or 92, somewhere in that ballpark. It's CG stands up today as decent CG. And here you have a $250 million budget or some bullshit, and your CG looks like that? And then the guy who came out and redid the Superman CG on his face mm -hmm. by by himself in his house on a computer, he did it? Yeah. Here you got people making millions of dollars doing it, and, and it's that bad? If it's that bad, don't put it in the movie. Period. Especially, this, like you said earlier, the stupid scene where he's on the phone talking to the, you know, they're filming him on the phone talking to the two kids. If you film Ugh. that... Because the scene really adds nothing to the movie at all. No. You film that. You want it in there. Fine. You're a director. It's your vision. You filmed it. Fine. 
whatever. You put it in the movie. Fine. It gets to the editing room and the CG looks that bad. You fucking cut it. And you also sue the guys who did the CG and get your fucking money back because it's awful. <laughs> right. It's so bad. Unless you did it on purpose. You, unless somebody has proof of otherwise, I, I think it was done yeah, on purpose. The, the, the Whedon version of Justice League is so bad. I cannot – I know. Like the logical side of me overcomes my my thoughts – and realizes that it couldn't have been sabotaged because they put it into theaters. So they literally expected to make money. Um, I don't think so. I think Joss Whedon fucked it. I can't reconcile the two things. Yeah. It's like, how could you ever think that was good? Like, why would you take the things out? Now that we've seen Zack Snyder's version, it makes no sense. Somebody wanted the movie to fail. And literally, you can tell every Superman scene in the entire film, every Superman scene was reshot. Like, if you watch the Justice League, and I've only seen it since theaters. I haven't watched it since. But I still remember. Every Superman scene in Zack's version and in Joss's version are different. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the only times they use the same um, shots is in some of the scenes where he initially comes back to life and they're fighting him on the steps of the monument. Yeah. Like some of that's the same, like Flash running around the circle. And yeah, all Superman three of them him. holding yeah. on to him as he's Those are the him. same. But everything else has been reshot. From yes, ma'am, uh-huh. to is this guy still bothering you? Just let me fly away with a building full of people. Yeah, I don't think it even shows him and Lois walk into the house on the other one. No, just no out, not at out all. in the cornfield. Yeah. Yeah, none of the Superman stuff is the same. And and it begs the question of why. That's what I'm saying. I can't think of a reason why somebody would have sabotaged the movie, but I think it's the only reason you can make a movie this bad. Period. It's the only way you can make decisions the way you did. Either that, or you truly are just the world's biggest dick who are so full of yourself that you can make any stupid-ass decision and have people tell you it's a stupid-ass decision and you still think it's good. Well, even Joss Whedon said, I don't even take notes from Robert Downey Jr. But did he see this movie? (laughs) Like, I guess... Well, he is now. I'll say that. Like, the dude's been off Twitter since November 2020 as well. He should. But... I feel like everything has come to full culmination. Like everyone that discredited and disproved Ray Fisher for saying what he said about Joss, like no one believed him. And then the film came out and you're like, oh, well, yeah, there's no reason not to believe well, him yeah, now. All of a sudden, because he, everything he said corroborates with what you see now yeah, in the two films. Now that he's actually in like 65% of the movie. <laughs> right. And he's one of the greatest parts. Versus being in 15% of the movie and he – kind of Booyah. sucks dude watch his face i saw a clip on twitter someone put up him saying booyah and him saying i'm not broken and when he says i'm not broken you see him acting like you see emotion you see everything on his face and when you see him say booyah he's just like he's booyah. disgusted like you look in his face he's he's pissed that he even has to say the word and nice. it's awesome because just, just say, and awesome. look, and I get that booyah is a cyborg thing. I'm not saying he shouldn't say it in the movie, but what you replaced with it, the the you know, if you want to have him say booyah, do it. 
But when your choices are, let's have him slam down and say booyah, or let's have him say this line, this powerful line uh, to the mother boxes who are trying to conquer the entire world, and they refer to him as being broken and alone because he's been broken alone for this whole movie. It's mm-hmm. been, you know, he feels utterly alone, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, fuck the, fuck the world, he says. Yes. To this powerful moment where he looks up and he's like, you know what? I'm not broken. And I am I'm not, not alone. alone. Yep. Replace that with booyah. That's where I have the problem. <laughs> right. You can say booyah all he fucking wants, but you have to weigh the two. Yeah. And one is more powerful than the other. And the other, the, the other, the other they, one's literally just a word. Yes. That means nothing. And the other, and the, and the other option has weight and meaning and is a powerful, powerful moment to the character's development and to the audience who can relate to feeling alone and feeling yeah. broken. Speaking of the audience, um, I fully apologize, but I'll have to move over here and close this window because the wood smoke smell coming from outside is making me sick. Making you sick? It yeah. smells delicious. Yeah. For a second, and then it's like, uh. I'm basking in the ambiance. All right, close the window. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nope, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, babooya and all that stuff. I mean, for one, why cut out the whole thing of him actually showing him inside, inside the, the, the mother, mother boxes, boxes and the unity and That's fighting such a against cool it? Cool thing, right? Like to even remove it, it's just another thing that makes and no I sense. I like how because they, they play it when he every time he goes into the digital world in the movie, mm-hmm. um, he sees himself in his head, perfectly fine. You know, like he has an avatar of himself. Yes, yeah. And he's going through the system. He's going through the digital world. He sees himself like we see ourselves in exactly. our mind. Yeah. Uh, but I love that instead of just showing numbers and ones and zeros and dollars or whatever, he creates this actual world. Where instead of just dragging him out and clicking things, he's you know he's grabbing things and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's moving and he's he's inside the web. He's inside the thing, and the mother boxes are the ones who gave him that power, the digital that digital supremacy. Yep. So when he goes to them and gets pressed into them, and it's the same thing. It's a digital world that he's placed himself inside of. It's super super cool. Yeah. And to remove it, unless you're sabotaging <laughs> it or you're just – and it's going to keep getting bigger every time. Last time I said the only option was that you're sabotaging it. Then the last time I said it was you're either sabotaging it or you're a really, really big dick. Now I'm going to say you're either <laughs> sabotaging it or you're the world's biggest dick. Yes. Who's just so full of yourself that you think – to the audacity to think that what I'm going to do is better than this moment. I have nothing. And then to re- to replace that moment with booyah and think that's better. I think we're all grasping for straws, trying to reconcile the two I'm telling versions. you, Joss Whedon bought stock in Zack Snyder's cut, <laughs> sabotaged the film. And made bank. And made bank. And that's why he's off Twitter because he's on the island that he bought, just yeah. living it up. Fucking Pete, he's a shitbird. Total, yeah, total, total, total piece of shit. Whole huge shitbird. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, I do not understand. I mean, it I, honestly, I, I, like you said earlier, it comes down to it has to be full-blown blatant racism. 
Like it's the only thing that makes real sense. Right. It's like why would you cut out Cyborg and a realistic Wonder Woman and all of these things if you're not just a full-blown racist feminist piece of shit or non-whatever piece of shit. If they come to me, right, they're like, hey, man, Zack Snyder was working on this movie. You know, total hypothetical here because obviously there's no reason they would ever come to me. But if they did, (laughs) if I was a movie maker and and I had made movies and they came to me, they approached me and said, we had a couple people on the line. They didn't want to do it. Here you go. This is Zack Snyder. He was working on Justice League. We parted ways, whatever, whatever. And I'm reading his script. There's no way I'm there's, I can't see myself reading that script and not crying. Like it's a beautiful story and a beautiful script. And there's so many powerful, powerful emotional moments. If you read a script and you cry, why would you change it? Like, cause I don't know. I just, I don't, I mean, I this don't is see, us. I don't see how you can read that script and hear that story and know what it was and think any part of it was unnecessary or any part of it was dull or any part of it was weak or any part of it could have been improved. Yeah. Or any, or if it could have been improved, improved by a joke. Right. Improved by dumbing down the moment, improved by making the characters duller or dumber or jokier or (laughs) improve upon it replacing that kind of depth of character with some shallow like how how do you do that it makes no sense and this is us both for the first time really talking about it like trying to reconcile what was and what is and we always knew zach's version was going to be perfection and I always hated the first version, but to now see both versions, there's no reconciliation of why. And I think that's what's so hard is, you know, as normal people and as good people, I hope, I like to think we're good people. So that that's what goes through my mind. Maybe we just can't fathom that some people are just truly assholes <laughs> and that it, it can be all the above. It can be a little bit of ego. A little bit of racism, a little bit of asshole, all the above in Joss Whedon's case. So normal people like us that are just can't grasp it. We just can't fathom it. I mean, that's that's the only thing that I can come up with. The only thing that makes any sense to me is that we're not big enough pieces of shit (laughs) to understand what was going through their head. Thing I can think about. Sure, I can't understand the train of thought because I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's what Maybe that's a bit, a bit egotistical on our own part. I must, but it's also, all I've go got. Back, go back to work and they're like, well, why'd they change that? I'm like, I don't understand it. I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. You know? I can't get in the mind of a piece of shit. Nope. And I'll throw Hamada into that boat as well. He's a piece of shit. A- anybody who's – the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to sit by and do nothing. Do nothing, yes. And these two good men are sitting by <laughs> and doing something. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who <laughs> – and I, you know, I don't want to just throw everybody into the, under the same fire or under the same bus, but anybody who knew full well what Zack Snyder's original version was, what Zack Snyder's plan was, and then saw what Joss Whedon's version was, and let that version come to pass and did nothing, fuck them all, because it's bullshit, and not because I think Zack Snyder's version is better. Or I think Joss Whedon's version is trash, but literally because there's instances of racism 
and sexism and just Everyism. bigotry yeah. around the clock all over the place, and you sat by and did nothing about it. Not only that, but it, greed also plays a point. It's like we're, we're covering like all the deadly sins at this point. Right? <laughs> but greed plays a point because this was during – back then, this was during the AT&T merger, and they needed their bonuses. So they wanted to rush the Justice League film out. In order to hit their bonuses. So like all of the, the big wigs like Hamada and such were like, okay, if we get fired, we at least want to get our bonuses for hitting quotas and shit. So they rush, rushed the film out. Zach had just gone through the death of Autumn, his daughter. Mm-hmm. He left the film because obviously he had more important shit to deal with than a movie. In their mind, instead of delaying the film... And letting him finish it later, they're like, nope, we'll bring on someone else. Go ahead and pump it out so we can get our which bonuses. Is, push Zach out, which is what we've wanted anyway. It's still fine to a degree. To a degree. Here's what you do, though. In my in my opinion, you know, this movie, we have to get it out, whatever. We have to get this movie out, so we have to bring in another director. You don't bring in somebody who's directed movies for the competition, Marvel versus DC. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying that they both are businesses. So they're obviously competing. Yeah, yes. they're obviously competitive businesses. You don't bring somebody from the other business to work at your business. Right. Then step two, you find a you find a neutral director who's not involved in the other one or whatever. Or whoever you want to hire. But then you literally hand them Zack Snyder's script and say, here you go. Yeah, like finish we, the VFX, we had, we're done. We had to let Zach's, or we had to separate ways with Zach because he had to go, but we still have to meet our deadline. This needs to come out. This script's already finished. You've got nothing else to worry about. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Because, that, I mean, that makes more sense than, well, we need to meet this deadline, so let them reshoot the entire fucking movie. But it played into what Jeff Johns wanted. I and know. they were giving Johns more power. And John's wanted, he's an egotistical, egotistical freak. Like from everything I've heard, Jeff Johns is an egotistical maniac. And he wanted more power and more say-so and everything. And where Zach likes to do things his own way and say, well, what if this and what if that? And let's play it this way. John's is like, nope, I created the new 52. I'm the greatest of all time. Eat my dick. So he wants to do things his own way, this, and there's there I, was that contention there. People like that are still um, uh, mind-boggling to me. Because oh, if, yeah. if you want to feel powerful, if Zack Snyder comes to you and says, hey, what about this? Tell him, okay, yes. Because it's still you giving him the permission to fucking right. do it. You're still the person in power. Dude, you should read some shit about John. I don't Johns. want to. It's because, disgusting. Because Aquaman is amazing, and he wrote some great comic books. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't I, have the ability I, to no, write. I know, good I know what you're saying is, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I already don't like the guy now. Yeah, and I'm. Oh, I'm, I can't stand it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. He's, he's a piece of shit. He's in the same boat as the boat that we're talking with shitty people. <laughs> right. The shitty boat. <laughs> the shit boat. Pushesh. What? Su- what sucks is that he has the ability to create good things. But he cannot differentiate his creativity with his ego. 
And he thinks he's amazing because he knows he can do some good things. And when they let him creep his sleazy-ass foot into the doorway of the DC films, then in his mind, I'm the creator of the DC New 52. You do what I want and blah, blah, blah. Because there was a time above. Yeah. I can remember being excited when I saw Jeff Johns' name on the movies. Dude, me too, man. Yeah, Jeff Johns. We were so naive. We were. We We were were children. We were but children. Bashasha. Pashasha. But let's get into the end. Yeah, we're, supposed to, we're the, supposed to be staying positive. Yeah, we've got like four hours. Let's get into the finale. <laughs> the finite. Um, the big humdinger. The end of the film where Batman eradicates the race of parademons. Yeah. and then <laughs> All while thinking he's going to die, which I don't know if a lot of people picked up on. But yeah, he told them don't come back. Yeah, me, Batman's know? basically saying, yes, I get it. I'm dying here. This is a suicide mission. And and uh, Flash is all naive, like, no, nah, we got this. And Batman's like, no, nah, I've been here before. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes out to do it anyway. Yep. He's going to take all the parademons yep. away from them so they can do everything. And it doesn't go that way because Wonder Woman and Batman got a little thing going on. Yep. And she goes to save him and everyone goes to save him. There's amazing scenes. And then you get that one shot right before they Batman – blows holes in the building and they all go through mm-hmm. where the Batmobile and then everyone's lined up around it and yep. it's perfection. Um, and then we roll on into the, f- uh, the end of the thing, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The great, great thing. So Batman slaughters, the crazy thing, dude. I think 17, 18, 19, 6,000 parademons. Uh, six thousand three hundred yeah, something or other. Point five, and then everybody works together and saves the day, and then tries to save the day, gets close to saving the day, um, but then fails to save the day because, as if to get revenge on Batman slaughtering ten million parademons, Darkseid kills everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what's ridiculous. I didn't see that coming, I dude. Didn't see that coming. We speculated the whole time because Zach said that he had superheroes die. And I knew Batman felt like he was ready to die. Never in a million years did I think he was going to kill everyone, everybody but Flash, every soul, and like and like and Flash too. He just he saw it in time to yeah. to stop it to well, to to not die. But yeah, in a second, the entire Everybody's Justice League, the gone. unity and then, ignites. And then the camera death. pans out, and like you, like when uh, when uh, Cyborg is connecting or whatever, and he sees the vision. Like and you see the whole earth just gone. Yeah. Like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, for Zach? a minute, I'm like, what's like, going on like, here? Even I have my limits, Zach. You you can't destroy <laughs> the earth. Oh, okay, it's a vision. Okay, okay, it didn't actually happen. No, it was happening. Yeah. And then Flash is like, and it's it's the best scene in the whole movie for me, because Flash starts running back time. He's like, you got to do it. Got to break the barrier. And then that whole quote, it's just devastating. I. I, I could get chills just yeah. thinking about it. He's like, Dad, because he doesn't even think he's going to be able to do it. He's like, Dad, just remember, I was one of them. I was one of the best of the best. Yep. And then he runs it all back. So fast. And it's incredible. And this, the visuals of it all is super awesome because at first it's like a lot of things, typical of movies, a lot of things just moving this direction. And now moving the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's then, very linear. But yeah. then the camera turns and you see like where he's actually stepping out on nothing. Yes. Like there's nothing under his feet. 
and then you can start to see the ground forming underneath him uh-huh. towards where he's running. And eventually it catches up. Yeah, it's yeah. following him. He's running faster than the Earth is putting itself yes. back together. And then you get to see the characters. Not, I mean, you don't even know the characters. There's nothing there. And, and then there's a skeleton, <laughs> right. and then there's blood, and there's muscle, and there's skin. And like, Superman first, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck just is happening? Yeah. It's so it's cool. It's so good. And then, then it does it to Cyborg, but like on his face, like close up. Just everything's like right and you there. you see it all. Like gruesome. And, and then it actually, awesome. that's actually when it jumps into the scene of Cyborg communicating with the unity yeah. and the three witch things. He's like, I'm not broken and I'm not alone. Yeah. Cause that's, it, ta- so it takes flash reversing time and yep. bringing it back to push him into the thing. Yep. Because he needed that power, yep. that spark that yep. he finally got. And then Superman jumps over and they break the mother boxes and all's well that ends well. Oh, but, Step, Steppenwolf gets his ass kicked by everybody. Aquaman's like, boom. Just stabs him straight Fist through it. the back. <laughs> yeah. And holds him up. This one's for the dolphins. <laughs> holds him up in the air. And Superman punches his ass off, off the, the trident. Which is so good because we, we talked about that on the cast before that Zack Snyder released that that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Wonder um, Woman had Steppenwolf. We um, knew it. He, step by step, he said Aquaman stabs him, holds him up. Yep. Uh, Superman punches him off the trident, and then Wonder Woman jumps out and cuts his head off. Yep. Um, and then he rolls through because the dark they side. said they used the footage from him, her cutting his head off, to instead her cutting his axe into pieces. Yeah, which and the is other version dumb. Which again, that's a bad change. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but why would the parademons turn on him? Yeah. And I ask this always yeah. since the beginning. Like, because he's afraid? Yeah, they yeah, smell fear all of a sudden? What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But anyways, um, so yeah, so even though we knew it was going to happen, like step by step, that's what was released. Zack yep. Snyder said that. Seeing it happen was like, because first, it didn't even register. Aquaman stabs him and I caught in the moment like, yes, Aquaman's awesome. And then Superman comes and punches him, and I'm like, yes, Superman's awesome. And then Wonder Woman jumps, and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is exactly what Zack Snyder said. And I just completely just, right? in my excited in moment, moment, just lost everything. Yeah. And then it happens so cool, and she chops his head off, and then he rolls through the boom tube, which is not something I expected. Um, Rolls up straight up to King Daddy's feet. And he just crushes it. Like, he don't care about stuff. No, he doesn't give a shit. Which, again, is one of the things, you know, you really did at certain points of this movie feel for Steppenwolf. Yes. I just want to come home, he says. (laughs) Right. Like, And then you see that he's doing everything for Darkseid. He's doing everything to earn Darkseid's forgiveness and to come back. He he doesn't even say anything in the movie, really, to my remember. To my memory. To your member. To my my member, (laughs) Barry's. He doesn't say anything about his goal being anymore to be a god, to be a new god, to take a seat no, next to Darkseid. He just Dark wants to get back he into good standing. To go home. Mm-hmm. He wants to be welcomed back instead of conquering another 50,000 worlds. And decide lords over yeah. him that he is in his place. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then Darkseid doesn't even care, just squashes his head. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't give two and shits. Then, and then just like in that moment, he's looking through the boom tube and sees them all. He just turns around. And, and I will say away. this. I was, tube. I was watching on my second viewing live on um, Scener with Zack Snyder watch party for obviously Zack Snyder's Justice League. And when that moment comes to pass, Zack commented in the section, Dark Side is coming. Yeah, I know. 
And I'm just like, wait, what? But you can't, you can't say that, Zach, when his next line of dialogue is prepare the armada. Yes. Like, like, and then right. after he said prepare the armada, Zach, Zach Snyder commented again, um, he's coming with all the new gods. And I'm like, okay. Right, are you, are you, come on, Zach, yeah. let's do this. Like, Part seven, because, restore the Snyderverse. Right? Cause we know in the, by the movie that that's the plot. He's yes. coming. But for you to say it, me, you know, Stop. Mm. Yeah, just stop. Stop. It. Unless it's actually happening. Dude. Don't. But Zach's a genius in that way. He is. Like he knows that Warner Brothers is against him, but that HBO Max and Kalar and them are for him. So he's playing the cards as best he yeah. can. Like when he posted the video, like I appreciate it. He's posting a video um, thanking all of us who are watching and giving all this pub to the Snyder Cut. And then he takes the time to mention, yeah, we crashed a few apps like HBO Go yeah. and all that. I mean, he's he's throwing things like that in there on purpose. And like, then he says, jabs to Warner Brothers, like, he, yep, this is how big it is. And then he says, let's go out there and crash some more servers. Uh-huh. Like, he wants people to keep watching it. Or because whatever. he knows if he's going to do anything else in the future, it relies upon our unrelenting support. Yeah. Which I now have three Espe- HBO Max accounts. So. I was going to say, especially on HBO Max, where you you can't keep track of how much money it made. Uh, you you're know, right. It, it's going to be how many views did it get, and, and how well, yeah, how many subscribers yeah. are there, and how well the physical copy sells when it releases. Yeah, which I'll buy four of them if I have to. I've, oh yeah, I don't, I don't care. All the above. Zat, I mean, whatever I can do to help. No, let's anything. go, Zaddy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, every good. Every good. Love it. Can't wait. And not only all of those things that are amazing and perfect and flawless, but when we get to the epilogue, which is the long-awaited nightmare scene, Mm. um, something hit me yesterday or this morning when I was headed to work at 5 a.m., which I can't believe I'm still awake. Um, But something hit me. It's like I was trying to reconcile in my mind like, okay – so Superman in Batman vs Superman kills Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, so why is he still alive in the nightmare timeline we see in Zack Snyder's Justice League? And then it, it hit me. It's like, oh, okay. So when Flash fucks with time, it changes everything. Like in my mind, it's Flash fucking with time that oh, changes things. I took it. I didn't take it as a change. I took it oh, as. I well, I took it as the nightmare scene at the end of Justice League takes place before the nightmare scene of Batman vs Superman. Like they haven't got to the point yet where Superman kills him. I Super, could because Superman shows up looking for him. Well, yeah, that could be. So I don't know, but maybe Batman and um, Deathstroke and all of them are working together to figure out how to fix the mess because Joker told him, "You need me to fix it." And then at this point in time, they're like, well, we can't fix it as long as Superman's still alive. So then they go looking for the kryptonite or whatever. Yeah, I was going to argue against that, but the difference is in the nightmare scene we see in Batman vs Superman, he has Joker's card taped to his rifle. Joker gives him the card in a sign of a truce in the nightmare scene we've seen. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it could very well be that. In my mind, originally, which could be different now. But originally it was that whenever Flash fucks with the timeline, that alternate future changes because Flash has then done something different to change Mm -hmm. that future. 
but with what you're saying, that makes sense given the location of the card. Like given the cards on his gun See, in the BVS So timeline. he still has the truce with Joker during that time Yes, order. so it could very well be after what we see in just League. I think it's funny because both of our different thoughts on it, mm-hmm. still the one common denominator is that Flash fucked something up. Always. Because um, my initial thought, and I could be way off on this, and maybe I missed something and you could tell, correct me right now. But my initial thought, I went into it thinking, um, what if the nightmare sequence is not actually the future for this Earth? What if, When Flash runs so fast that he reverses time, he fucks things up to where he creates an alternate parallel time oh, frame. Oh, 100%, yes. Where, like, it's a different earth now because obviously in this earth so far i mean again i don't know it it could be the same earth and just in the future or i in my mind i'm thinking that it's actually legitimately like um like the flashpoint paradox where it's a different earth and thomas wayne is right now because as, as we're standing right now they defeated um Doomsday, they defeated Steppenwolf, and nothing has led to Lois Lane's death. So, and now Batman and Superman are kind of on the same terms. They're kind of friends again. So in this timeline, I don't see what Batman would do to be responsible for Lois Lane's death. Because he doesn't just take part in it. Or, or inadvertently cause it, Superman blames him. He tells him, she was my world and you took her from me when he kills her in Batman vs. Superman. So with them, with this movie ending with them being friends, I don't, and of course, we don't know until we see, if we see what happens next, but I, I can't figure out what would happen that Batman would be directly responsible for Lois Lane's death. So I think the nightmare scene is actually when Flash fucked up time, two different worlds split off. Just like Thomas Wayne being Batman and the other world, and now they used the Flash from the previous world to fix things. Thomas Wayne tells him, go back and fix it and erase this world. Thomas Wayne, you know, willingly destroys his own world and goes goes back to a world where he's dead to fix to make the world the way it was the first way, the first time. The difference is that DC normally plays that more as an actual time thing like marvel tends to play it more as an actual multiverse thing in that sense dc tends to play it out as you have the multiverse in the sense of all these existing worlds mm-hmm. not as much in the sense as changing the timelines until the flashpoint paradoxes roll around and wipe everything out um what i saw it as for whatever it's worth, um, was more that I got to figure out how to explain it. So you have, it's not even really that flash creates 
the other timelines as much as, well, like Zach explains it or explained it back when he did the SnyderCon thing, um, that Lois would be put under Bruce's protection at some point during Darkseid's raid on Earth. And Lois is kept in the Batcave. And the dark side boom tubes into the Batcave and kills Lois. Yeah, but even then. So then Superman blames him because he gave yeah, her to Bruce to protect and he couldn't but do that. he still uses the words that you took her from me. Not you let her die. Right. Not you couldn't save her. You let your family yeah. die. You took her from me. You took preemptive action to remove her from my life. It was you. So unless he doesn't place her under his protection and he just takes her to the Batcave, you know, like he kidnaps her to try to protect her. That could be. You know, because as Batman does, he, you know, everything falls yeah, under his jur- to, jurisdiction right. and fuck everybody. Yes. So if that's what happens, but then again, if that is what happens in the current world, in the current, it's all one ongoing rail. It's all the same earth and that nightmare is just in the future of this earth. Why would Superman join Darkseid when Darkseid's the one who kills her? Well, you see that Darkseid, that's one of the nice things about Zack Snyder fleshing this out, is that during Superman's weakest, excuse me, weakest point, when Lois is dead and he's holding her skeleton in his arms, then Darkseid comes in, places his hand on his shoulder, and basically infuses him with the anti-life and all these other things like Superman is vulnerable and he's easily manipulated yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And then dark side steps in at his weakest moment and boom, flips the whole switch. Yeah. And you see Henry and Cavill too, crushes yeah. that acting oh, scene every time where you see his eyes go from pain to like, there's a immediate switch and he's like indoctrinated. Very well done. I guess it makes sense. Yep. Especially if Superman wasn't there to see it and dark side could, basically be like yo dude right Lois Lane's dead and at this vault join me I mean it's one of those things that I don't think we'll ever really see like fully fleshed out I th- I think the Nightmare Timeline could continue on in a TV series or something sure but it's never going to be like a, a focal point of the the movies going forward the thing, I don't think I think I'm torn because I kind of if if, th- if that's 100% the case and this is how it's going to play out then, then the good guys, the Justice League, humanity, Earth, never wins. It can't. It's always going to get to the nightmare scene. They're always going to go back in time. And then it's going to go back to Batman versus Superman. And then it's going to go to Justice League. And then it's going to go to the nightmare universe. And it's going to go back to Batman versus Superman. They're never going to win. So if if it created a separate world, then they can win. You know, they can... Oh, fix- I'm not saying it doesn't create a separate world. No, I'm... Well, I mean, not yeah. in the way that I mean. That I mean, my my thought was: is it a com- completely separate world, or is it just the future of the movie that we saw? Mm-hmm. You know, like Terminator Two. He, they're in our future, but they're interacting with us now because of the vision and whatnot. If it is that way, then it kind of sucks because it's always going to be. Dude, rotated. It's the, never. It's never ending. The Kryptonian ship says when they resurrect Superman, now the future has come yeah. to the present or something to that effect. Like the future is now taken root in the present yeah. or whatever. So yeah, 
it, it's it's a mess. But all hell's zaddy. He knows what's up. Yeah. I think they should, though. I think even if they do the Nightmare Universe from now on as an R-rated animated series. Oh, man. Do, do just have whatever Affleck you do want. do the voice. I want more. I mean, I want it, but I don't know if they can really have Ben Affleck come in and do like a full-blown series. They can. Is he going to? He will. <laughs> you you Faith, say that. Alfred. Faith. <laughs> but I mean, after everything he went through for the past two films and what he's been going through with his personal life and his act and his career outside of the DCEU. Yeah, but now he's got that all cleaned up. He's in great shape. He broke up with Anna Diarmas yeah. for whatever reason. He came back to shoot Zack Snyder's extra scenes. That's, with all, that's all true. All but he's that. also like 55 years old or something. And he's beautiful. He is. I just don't know if he wants to keep up that kind of shape for a full-blown series. I think he does for his kids. Like he's he he's, he said multiple times about how much his kids loved him being Batman. Mm. So and he's God got bless like you kids. Yeah, he's got like ninety-five kids. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll but use that as my crutch. I w- I would love it, but I would also be okay with them doing an animated series. And I mean, I'll take what I can yeah, get. Whatever at this I can point. get, as long as it's rated R, it needs to be rated R. Yeah, it's violent. And also, and also, like, kind of. Vulgar, like with the stuff that Joker says, it's like what? That's gross, dude. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All contraire, my little fish stick. He knows all about what's he? I don't even remember what he says. I don't L- know. Losing someone that he loves. Yeah, a father. Why'd you send out a mother? Yes. Be very careful what you say next. <laughs> An adopted son. That's not being very careful. And then Batman's like, I love that whole Harley, as she died in my arms, yep. wanted me to kill you. And he's like, and I will fucking kill you. Yep. That whole exchange, dude. Oh, even, it's incredible. Even, like, just like when we saw the commercials and I talked about it, like, well, how fucked up is the future? Where the the picture we see of Joker is he's straight-faced. And the picture we, see, picture we see in the trailer of Batman is Batman smiling. Like, <laughs> right. things are fucked in the future. And Batman's having a blast. He is. Yeah. He's he's having time with Bruce Wayne. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. No. Joker's the one who's in hell because there's there's no society to... There's no games to there's play. There's no games to play. Yeah. There's, you know, you can't be the clown prince of crime anymore. Yeah. There's there's no system to go against. It's there's almost no like nothing. In, a, in a weird... The tables have flipped. Yeah. Like the, the morality the is still gone. The turns have tabled. There's still no morality in Joker's world. But his corrupted sense of um, honor or his corrupted sense of, um, you know, companionship with Batman and the way it's supposed to work has been totally 180. And now Batman is the one that can do whatever he wants free of conscious. And Joker doesn't fit into a Batman that's free of conscious. And it actually fits into the whole... Like Joker's whole thing is to prove that Batman can be corrupted. Mm-hmm. That's his whole thing. He doesn't. He never wants to kill Batman. Not in any good iteration. Right. Does Joker ever really try to kill Batman? It's always trying to prove that you can fall. You're yep. not better than anybody else. You can fall. And but Dark the Knight, holes in the holies. Yeah, Dark Knight. He says, "I'm a dog chasing a car. I don't know what I would do with it if I ever caught it." And now we now we get to see what Joker, what he does when he catches the car. He joins him. Yeah, because because the fun is in the chasing of the car. It's not in the yeah. having of the car, you know. It's in the conflict. It's in the fight. It's yeah, not, so I it's feel not like in winning. 
Yeah, I feel like in the Nightmare Timeline, Joker is joining Batman just in the sense that he's biding his time until he can find a point to bring it back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. Like, he realizes Batman's lost it. Like, he's he's not the same, so Joker will join him until he can find a point where he can bring the rivalry back to its normal position. Which is to go back in time. Yes. And stop this society from ever happening. Oh, yeah. We live in a society. It's good. It's so good, man. Isn't that right? Batman. Batman. You got Joe and Jenny Yellow. Sure. I just call him Joe Mo now. Joe Mo. You got Joe Mo looking awesome as Deathstroke. Throwing a yeah. few lines in there. I love too, like, um, when he when he shows up on Lex's boat and he's got the mohawk. Um, well, he's got the shaved sides or whatever. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I thought he was going to have. You know, the mohawk or whatever. It, it doesn't look the same, but uh, whatever. And then you actually see that he's part of the Nightmare Universe, and he's got the full-blown, like... Oh, the full-blown epicness. Yeah, yeah. the full-blown mohawk. Like, oh, oh, there yeah. we go. That's cool. And he, what was cool about the whole Lex scene on the boat, and I don't think they played it off very well in the Whedon version, but why would they? They fucked everything up. Yep. Um, is it really explains to you how unhinged... Lex was mm-hmm. and how now he's very calculated. Yep. Like he's become the Lex we know from the comics. Like, like I said, Zack Snyder said everything was it's about all about origins, how man. How we get to yeah. the point that everybody wants to be. Everyone at. complains who's like the DCEU should have had seventy five origins like the MCU. It's you're like, well, watching it, the origins. It did now. have the origins. You're just too dumb to yep. pick up on it. You're watching the origins going, they should have had the origins. But then if they would have done a young Batman origin tale, they'd have been like, oh, here we go again, watching Martha and Bruce die, or Martha and Thomas die again. No, you're right. There's a contradictory yeah. nature to everyone. I do like to... And I could spend 50 yeah, minutes explaining just why. To touch on the whole... Because um, I know we've gone forever. Uh, a little like, bit of forever, yeah. Zack Snyder is so good at keeping you guessing, because we talked before about it was supposed to be this character's dead, this character's dead, this character's dead. So the only people left in Nightmare is Flash... Batman and Cyborg. And then you see this Mirror. movie. Well, th- I'm talking about before this movie came out. Oh, we, we knew, I got you, we yes. knew Wonder Woman dead. We knew, um, epically dead. We knew Aquaman was dead. Yep. So logically the only people left is flash cyborg and Batman. And then this movie comes out like, yeah, flash is, if flash is there, cyborg is there and Batman is there, but also Joker is there. Yep. And also Mira is there. And also Deathstroke is there. So it's such a cool way to spin this universe that Batman Deathstroke's working with Batman. Who and he hates Batman. Despises oh, yeah. him, and we all know that. And in this movie he tells um Lex that he's going to take the hit on Batman for free because it's personal. So whatever Batman did to him, yep. he hates him. He's ready to kill him and get nothing in return for it. And now he's in a future where he's following Batman, which would never happen. And then you have Batman meeting with these people with Joker, which would never happen. Right. So this whole world is so turned upside down and so great. And then you get to see Mira still alive. Cause we get to witness Aquaman and Wonder Woman's death. Um, yeah, what I believe still is Aquaman's death. I need to watch it again. I think some it is. people are saying it was Volko. But he had a crown on. 
Why would Volko, Volko have a crown on? Is some people saying it was Volko because it references later in the film that Mira, in the nightmare scene, Mira says, I want to kill him for what he did to Arthur. So basically saying that Superman's the one that killed Aquaman. That's what Mira implies. But from that one scene that we saw, it, it looked to me like Darkseid kills Aquaman. But I, I don't know. I need to watch it again for the fourth time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Go downstairs tonight and watch it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out and let y'all know. All I know is it's incredible. That is. The nightmare um, scene, it's all good. Yep. So at the end of the day, I went into it saying this is going to be, I said, no movies, no uh, superhero movie is better than Batman vs. Superman. Yes. And if there's ever going to be a movie better than Batman vs. Superman, it'll be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I stand by it. Zack Snyder's Justice League is the best superhero movie of all time. Oh, I dig um, it. Of all time. And one of the best movies of all time. It's, I dig it. It's so good. Um, For me, it might very well be the same. I, I, I still haven't decided. Like, they're both right there. Like, <clears throat> they're bobbing on top of the water, and in a neither weird, one in is a weird sinking. Turn of events, the, oh, no. I, I don't know. I was going to say, something I didn't expect to say is the one thing that, um, no, I don't know. I do know <laughs> Bat- if Batman vs. Superman were four, were four hours long, it might be different. Um, you know, an yeah, extra hour of them guys going at it or whatever. But I think I think um, a part of the big thing is, you know, we're, we watch movies all the time where people are movie makers, and a lot of them are good movie makers. And I think Zack Snyder differs, because I think Zack Snyder is an artist mm. who, uses, uh, oh, yes. who uses movies as his art. Yep. Some people paint, some people make music. Zack Snyder makes movies. Movies and are his canvas. They, yeah, they are genuine films. So I said before that Batman vs. Superman was the greatest superhero movie of all time. And not only that, but it actually, as a good movie, not just as a superhero movie, was one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League has topped it. Zack Snyder's Justice League, best superhero movie of all time. Uh Definitely, I don't know. I haven't done a top ten list of movies of all time in a long time, but that'd be fun. Justice, show. League, Justice League is on there; it has to be. What's hard for me is not discrediting. Like Justice League is right there with Batman vs Superman, but what's hard for me is that Justice League is like we've already talked about the redemption arc for the characters, and I kind of just dig in dwelling in the darkness. <laughs> So call see, it chaos, call it heresy, that's, call that's it whatever what you want. Justice does so well, though, because in Batman's redemption arc, he still gets to murder a thousand parademons. <laughs> right. With guns, with tanks. Oh, yeah, with everything with, he wants. With cannons, with their own weapons, with turrets. And, and he grenades. Goes, he goes, he goes yeah. hard. Hand-to-hand combat, doesn't matter. Shoots the one with his grappling gun, which was in the, the other version, too, but so it was. Cool. Shoots grappling gun and just drags him back. Love it. What I like about Batman vs. Superman is the fallen nature. Mm-hmm. Like everything being dark and everyone being fallen and all this despair. <laughs> it sounds terrible. No, I'm with but you, I, man. I, I eat that up. Yeah. Like I like that. Of course, only to know that it leads to the inevitable redemption, 
which we just saw in Zack Snyder's Justice League, which makes that even better. So, yes, overall, Zack Snyder's Justice League is better to me, but I tend to gravitate back toward the darkness. So it's like I understand the journey and it pays off in the end, but then I still want to seep back into the darkness. <laughs> I, do. I I have issues. That that just is what it is. Yeah. If anyone understands, awesome. If not, I promise I'm not a piece of shit like Joss Whedon. Well, you're not a racist, so no, so I'm good. Yeah, so you're at least better than him. Yeah, at least better than him. Um, but there's there's a thousand more things to get to. We're not going to get to them now because we, I think we've gone for five hours or something, which is <laughs> totally fine. Because who, who would have? I mean, it is what it is. It should be this way. Um, but we're gonna have many other shows about this. We've got the whole review breaking down people's reviews, which I'm super excited for because there are some trash ass reviews out there that I cannot wait to tear to shreds. I'm it's gonna you. be a blast. And then we'll have Chris on. Maybe we'll give him reviews. Tear it. Let him tear I'm them to even, shreds. I'm not even going to do reviews. I'm going to scroll through Facebook comments. Oh, and print out Facebook. I don't comments. do Facebook, so that's all you. Randomly, as you guys are talking, just pick one of you guys and be like, read the comment. What do you think of this comment? Do let's do it. That's going to be a blast, man. We'll just pick a day. In the next next weekend or the weekend after, get super buzzed and have a, a good time. I mean, I mean that's what we do all the time when we do this show. We, just, we haven't done it in a while. No, it's been a minute. It's been a minute it's or been, two. It's been longer than a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> yeah, it's been a month, so yes, you're correct. <laughs> no, but, I mean, there's so much more we could get to. We do not have the time, no, unfortunately. Um but Just we excited. will get back to it. It's definitely. also part of the problem is when we when we stop doing it for so long and come back, it's you so, feel like you got to punch it all in there, gotta, man. Just, we just keep talking because it's yeah, I miss doing this, right? Yep, I understand that. Yep, we'll get there. We'll get back to it. We're fine. Every, yep. you know, going forward, it should be every week now for a while until things die out completely again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. HBO Max at least is going to be releasing their theater films on HBO Max, so we'll have shit to talk about for a while. We'll see how Godzilla vs. Kong goes. Team Godzilla. I'm No, Team Kong, my bad. No, Godzilla all day. No, Team Kong, man. Fuck Kong. <laughs> yeah, but Godzilla's Mecha Godzilla. It's a lie. We're in a fight now. <laughs> but it's all a lie. Godzilla's a good guy, but this isn't legit Godzilla. Oh, yeah, but between legit Godzilla and King Kong. Oh, legit Godzilla? Godzilla. Oh, for sure. I mean, I still would root for Kong because he feels like human, but Godzilla would kill him He's every day. He's a giant 400-foot monkey. He feels more human. Yes. <laughs> Godzilla's an alien straight up. He's a dinosaur. I can relate with monkeys. They have fingers and toes. <laughs> They like to fling poo. Good times. We all fling poo at him. <laughs> yeah, we're over, we're gonna have something to talk about with HBO Max at least for the rest of the year. So kudos to you for H, you know Oops. HBO Max for that shit. I should do that. Started the show with Disney Plus. Let's just continue the show with HBO Max. <laughs> Try to get some subscribers out there. Oh, it was Disney Plus, mm-hmm. man. Right when it started, Mandalorian. Jeez, uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, kudos to those people that didn't watch it from the beginning. Tell those motherfuckers I appreciate it. <laughs> no, but this one's been long. Yep. We appreciate you guys. It's all Zack Snyder all the time, 24-7, because that's what's up. 
um, next episode and the next episode and the next episode and the episodes going forward will probably also be about King Zaddy because that's what's up. Um, but until then, if you want to look at our art and other random shit, you can find us on Instagram and Patrick on like 75 platforms, but me solely on Instagram at bearded toy man or actually on Twitter where I haven't posted pictures yet, but I'm trying to get that, get in on that restore the Snyder cut action. Yeah, you start using. I don't think I'm going to start using Twitter. I'm, I'm on too much already. You're on like too many things. Yeah. But go ahead and list them off. List uh, them off. We got on, another ten minutes <laughs> on Instagram at Ranton Atlantean because Aquaman's always my favorite. Uh, you can find the show on Instagram at TJP underscore show. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Um, I am also on DeviantArt, which if you're on DeviantArt, great. It's a uh, Ranton Atlantean. If you're not, don't worry about it because it's literally the same post I post on Instagram. <laughs> Or I'm on TikTok as Hanji FTW. Um, where you're rolling. Where, yeah. Get you up to a thousand followers, trying, man. man. We're going to do a live I'm show. 840 now, I think, something like that. So yeah. I'm getting there. Um, I also need to stop changing names because if I was ranting Atlantean on TikTok the last time I pumped myself on here. Mm. So if somebody hears one episode and doesn't hear the next one, they're not going to know I changed my name. Right. But Hanji. That's right. This has been a month in between episodes, so they can just start new here. So TikTok. Yeah. Hanji, FTW, a bunch of random shit on there, whatever I feel like posting. So. Oh, yeah. Just like this show, whatever yeah. we feel like doing, because it started off very structured, it very did. normal. And then you kept drinking. And then, I, yes, <laughs> and fell away into whatever it is, which is what it always does. Always, so every time. Yeah. Hopefully, you've listened for this entire thing. If not, that's fine. You can catch up on the next one. And enjoy that new intro and what's getting ready to be the outro, because I think it's dope as shit. So yeah, thanks guys for jumping in on this one. We'll be back with more Snyder Cut and more everything else. Uh, Restore the Snyderverse. That's what the world needs. It'll bring us all together. We'll be one giant kumbaya globe under the mantle of Zack Snyder as the Emperor of Mankind. Uh, You can leave my chapter. (laughs) Yep. Zack wills it. Zaddy wills it. The Emperor wills it. And all the above. Snyder protects. Snyder protects. We have spoken.